All right, guys, welcome back to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. Thank you for coming back. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate the continued support from every single one of you. Now, listen, before we get into the podcast, I've got something very important that I want to share with you. And it's also kind of an experiment that I want to run. So as many of you know, we are running an event in Las Vegas on February 15th and 16th. Okay. This event is designed for people that own businesses, whether they're big or small, and we are going to teach you things that you probably don't know that are going to help make your business more money literally tomorrow. So we call it the Heavy Academy, and it's two days of very intense training where we're going to sit down with 100 of you and dissect your business from head to toe, figure out what you're doing wrong, but more importantly, what you need to be doing right to make more money. And it's not some get-rich-quick, rah-rah, feel-good seminar, and uh, I, I would never sell you guys that just because I don't believe in those. But what I do believe in are these strategies and techniques that I have actually personally used to build my business from $300,000 the first year in sales to over $30 million a year. So what I want to do is this. I want to invite, I'm going to take five of you, okay? Uh, Right now, the ticket to register you and your business to come is $6,000. If you want to bring a friend, it's $6,500. That's the plus one ticket. Um, And a lot of people look at that and think, man, that's a healthy investment. And you're damn right it is. It is a big investment in your business, and it is something that if you don't pay the $6,000 off within the first couple of weeks of implementing what we teach you, then you're doing something wrong, and we're going to figure out how to make it right. But uh, I know that there's some of you that want to register, and maybe $6,000 is a tough pill to swallow. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to see how many of our podcast listeners are actually people that would participate in something like this. I want to see how many of you are somebody that, man, I would really love to go to that, but I just can't swing it. So here's what I'm going to do. This is an exclusive deal. I promise you. This is You hear exclusive all the time. This is legit exclusive. I'm going to give you 50% off. I'm literally going to give you half off the ticket price. So it's either going to be 3000 or 3250 if you bring a friend. Um, and that's 3250 for two of you, not each. So it's the biggest discount that we've given on this um, you know, mastermind event. And really, we're not giving out that many discounts. People are paying full price, and they should because this is valuable information. But if you want to, I'm going to offer five of these promo codes to so the first five people that use them. So the, the promo code is CONFIDENCE. So go to heavydsparks.com. Go through the Heavy Academy checkout, add the ticket to the cart, and then use the promo code CONFIDENCE, and it's going to give you 50% off the entire order. And that is a damn good deal, guys. It really is. But I'm looking forward to seeing you all in Vegas, and I want to see how many of our podcast listeners are actual business owners, and I want to sit down with you and make you more money. So get registered at heavydsparks.com. Checklist Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Heavy Checklist Podcast. Uh, again, I just got to throw you guys some love because what you've done for this little podcast in the short amount of time that we've done it is nothing short of like groundbreaking and amazing. The fact that you guys have been able to share this podcast, review it, um, download it, subscribe to it, it is unreal. You would not believe the numbers behind what's happening. You see, as podcast owners, we have access to analytics and these analytics show us who listens to the podcast, where, what part of the country they live in, how long they listen to it. And you guys, I just got to tell you, are complete badasses. You listeners are literally from all over the place and you're spending a significant amount of time listening 
to our ugly mugs, sit here and talk to you. So I got to say thank you first and foremost, because without you guys, this would not exist. Without your support, without your constant feedback telling us that uh, this is actually helping you, we, we would have no like desire or reason to do this. So uh, for those of you who are new, the purpose of the podcast is to give you little gold nuggets, just little things that you can do in your life to feel better, be better, be a better you know friend, uh, father, husband, mom, son. It doesn't matter. The things that we're teaching apply to everybody. I don't care if you're you know two years old or you know ninety years old. I've got my uh, uh, seven-year-old little girl who's been implementing some of the things that we're teaching here, and man, she feels amazing. Like she's just happier. She's just you know a better person all around. So that's the purpose. Uh, bear with us as we get through the intro. We've got an amazing show planned for you guys tonight. Uh, one of my best best friends is joining us, and it's somebody that you all know who I'll get to in a minute. But uh, first of all, I want to introduce, obviously, my co-host and one of my longtime best friends. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to turn up way louder than that, man. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, okay. A little preparation went into this show. DJ Marcus Wade. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I've been embracing that a little bit more, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, because of you and all my Instagram messages, I get duh, 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 DJ Marcus Wing that's as right. uh, they, you know, announce themselves. And, and they're me, not you know stuttering. That's just, a, that's the intro. Right. Your name comes with its very own intro. Uh, for the listeners, DJ Marcus Wing is our audio engineer. He's the man behind the edit, man behind our beautiful honey-coated voices that make us sound so nice. And I got to tell you, that's one thing that, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I cannot stand bad audio. Are you with me? Like somebody yeah. who's like, this is why I, I refuse to do, unless it's a very like unique situation, I refuse to do like a phone interview or a Skype interview because nobody wants to hear that. I want to hear like emotion. I want to hear like, bam, like your voice, my voice. It just sounds better. So thank you for making this sound amazing. While you're saying this part, I'm going to throw some auto tune on it. So, you know, like Dude, that's a we great can get idea. into that a that's little bit, you know. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, next to DJ Marcus Wing, we've got uh, my very own personal assistant and not even personal assistant. He's more like my right hand man. I like to call him my right hands man because his name is Hans. It's Hans. Well, don't you dare. Don't you dare change this on me right now. His name is H-A-N-S. So basically Hans without the D. And, uh, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. He, he, no, pr- he, pr- no, <laughs> yeah, nope. he pronounces it uh, Hans. Hans. My name's Hans, and he's from Idaho. Uh, really, I believe his name is Hans, but if you ever run into him in public, just humor him, call him Hans, it's fine. Hans, thank you for joining us. Uh, Hans, is, uh, Hans is joining us because... Well, a couple of different reasons. Um, a, Kenny, one of our regular hosts, is running a little bit late, so they may do a switcheroo halfway through here. But B, Hans, uh, Hans is a guy who actually implements a lot of the things that we're teaching here and uh, has seen like drastic changes in his own life. So Hans, thank you for joining us. That brings us to tonight's guest, and you're never going to believe who it is. Like It cost me so much money to get this guy to show up and do this appearance, and honestly, I don't even know if Not he's going to stay it. for the whole thing. Like, to, to be, he's kind of a diva. But my long time, very, 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 I think you're in the best friend category. I think you're there. Mr. Ham Wallet. Him, no, what is no. it? What did I, what did I How do you? That's it. That's it. I hope we're censoring. Meat sausage Meat fingers? You should know. Because, oh, the muscle. The muscle. Yeah, because you came up with the nickname. <laughs> the hey, muscle. Speak into the mic a little bit there. Hey, there you okay, go. Sorry. Nice and close. This, uh, this is my first time here on Beautiful. a podcast. Yeah, that's actually, hey, listen, 
We have a podcast virgin here with us tonight. Yeah, I've never listened. And that's the only thing you're or, a virgin in. Yeah, that is. Uh, <laughs> actually, I was going to come back with something, but that's it. No, have you ever listened to a podcast? Never listened to a podcast or been a part of one. Never. So tonight is big. Uh, for those of you who don't know who the muscle is, he's obviously the big muscly guy on our TV show, uh, Diesel Brothers. He's also uh, you know, part of our business. He's one of our friends. Been, he's been around since the business was basically formed. Uh, his real name is Keaton Hoskins. And... Uh, Man, I'm, I'm excited to have you here because Keaton has a wealth of knowledge and information on like all kinds of stuff. And there's one topic in particular that I want to tackle tonight because I think it's like your specialty, one thing you're really good at. And just like that, Hands gets the boot and, and Kenny, Kenny Thompson is, here. is, he is. on board. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Hands, you hey, at, least, at least he said I his brother apologize. was from barbecue before he came. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that was you know nice. I've been here in spirit. And the thing is, Hans, you really contributed tonight. I appreciate that. You can't hear come Hans back because he's off the mic now. But listen, um, I was just introducing our friend, uh, The Muscle. Uh, What's up, Keaton? Speaking what of the up? muscle, let's let's get some. Uh, Is it okay to call stats. you Keaton before we go? Like, because I'm gonna, yeah, you know I would prefer the hard T okay. like you just did. Keaton. I heard, yeah. heard Keaton. Yeah, don't. I don't, said it weird. Don't go so hard with the T. Sorry, right, I'm, I'm gonna lay off that a little bit. Keaton. You know what? When we do the uh, the show and then we meet people, I know right away. If you're either an old friend or a friend or a fan, if you call me, hey, it's Keaton, or oh, it's the muscle. Right. So right. let's let's keep it to Keaton. Just here. wanted to see where we were going with yeah. that. You know, yeah, let's, let's get Keaton. some stats real quick. Muscle, how much do you weigh? Uh, right now I'm 290 pounds. And uh, how tall are you? Six two, six three. Depends on what I'm wearing. What is your normal weight? Because you're cutting right now. Okay, so my normal weight's 320. Why are, Kenny's just smiling that's, from that's ear to ear. That's a lot of LBs there. It's a big boy. Here, here's the deal. That's a lot. I always, I always, I always got to mention this because I think a lot of people think that like, oh, he's just a big, you know, blob of meat, and he's not athletic. He's the most athletic guy at this table by far. Yeah, he can like he will box jump over all of us. The guy will probably run a forty faster than any of us. Like you're a fast, powerful dude. You're not just looks. So got to give you a little credit there. Hey, you know what? I I'll take credit. I'll take. I've it. seen you dribble a ball too. You Oops. know what? You know me what? If I'm wrong. Yeah, but the the basketball thing, I'm not. I can we dunk ball it. together. Yeah, I can dunk it. But I, right. if if I got to dribble around, we're in trouble. I've been most gonna... impressed with the dance moves, though. I don't know if oh, anybody's seen those man. or if there's any kind of recordings we can link to this. There's a lot of recordings. That's what so I've been. So this goes most back to your football and rugby, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, you played college football. Yes. Played college. What position? I played center in college. I played at Snow College. And uh, I will have you know, I was tiny back then. I was like, well, I shouldn't say tiny. I was 250. I thought you were going to say my size. I was going to be pissed. Oh, I mean, you're not still bigger than me. Yeah, I was still bigger. pounds more than But the thing is, is I was playing offensive line with guys that were like 330, 350. So So I was small. You obviously are built like a, you know, an NFL player. Why didn't you go further with football? So I, I went on my, my mission. I uh, got back from my mission. I was 21. And for some reason, I decided that I was going to go to medical school. <laughs> I, to this day, I don't know why. This is not a joke. I don't remember this. So I get back, and I'm, I was so studious when I got back from my mission. You're actually a smart guy when you, I, I when really you apply was. yourself. And most people don't know this, but when I was a missionary, I actually memorized the whole Bible. From cover to cover. So I think that's what helped me. So I got back from my mission. I was like, I'm going to go and be a doctor. I'm going to be an endocrinologist. Oh. So I started, I started working at the U of U uh, with the deans of admissions for the medical program. 
And no joke, I worked in a neonatology research lab. What? I did the whole thing. How did I not know this? It, yeah, this is well, escaping me. Can you imagine I those it. fingers coming at you during a surgery? Well, so that no, was the never. thing. That was the thing. I, I realized that... Uh, you don't have gloves big No enough. gloves I was, fit you. I was too big <laughs> to be doing anything that was related to being in a hospital. Freaking bull in a china shop. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do any of this. And at that point, I was like, I'm not doing school. I'm not doing... Football. But did it hit you I, one day where you were like, I don't really enjoy this? Yeah, all of it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I hated it. it and wasn't I was what like, you I don't want to do any of it. All I want to do is make money. That's it. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> so I left. I had no football, no school. <laughs> I swear. That's a pretty drastic change. It man. was crazy. Going from thinking I want to, you know, be a doctor, help people to an endocrinologist. <laughs> I want to I want to stack go. bread and make that cheese. That's all you wanted to do. One yeah. day or the next. Hey, look, it all happens to us. Yeah. You know, we go through I I thought that I was gonna I actually remembered. I don't I don't remember this very much, but when Ryan, my buddy, the helicopter pilot, was telling me that he was gonna be a dentist, I remember when I was a little kid, I thought I was gonna be a dentist too. <laughs> I went through a little phase and then I thought I was gonna be like a professional like a uh, Toyota automotive like truck mechanic, like full time mechanic glad i didn't go that route that's not Ooh. something i enjoy doing anymore no. so as you get older your tastes like evolve and change did you expect to be yeah, a what did you i had, you think I had you no idea be. what i was gonna do you don't know i was just trying to make it through a weekend you know what i mean <laughs> just knew you were gonna do it i yeah. always knew i would go down the road that i have yeah but i grew up around yeah, it. it was in your blood like 10 yeah. 11 or are you talking like 16 no, like, 17 i would dress up like my dad or other people uh, when I was really little, like really little, I go to the office with them and stuff. Like no joke, I remember Kenny in <laughs> high school wearing that exactly what he's wearing now—just some <laughs> nice slacks true. and a button-up, no tie. I was like, "Where, where's your tie, Kenny?" And he was like, "No, no, no." He you, just looks in like my profession, you don't. Right. He looks like he's always casually ready to get the deal done anytime, any place. And the thing is, you don't know what the deal is. It could be a used car, That's the thing. a it house, doesn't matter, a boat. <laughs> but if you need a good deal done, he's there to do the and deal. And most with likely, you. I felt like it was a yacht, but I don't know. Yeah, he's going to do a deal. If you need a deal, he's there to do the deal he's dressed for the occasion do the deal can yeah. we throw a yacht in maybe yeah that's what that's what i'm saying when you're around kenny and he was wearing this yeah. kind of stuff yeah. I, I was like dude where are we going where are we what, what are you gonna sell me kenny you know what <laughs> it, it's true but uh so before we get too much further into your employment history and and your um a lot of your successes and a lot of your you know some failures along the way uh, I want to help everybody understand kind of what the theme of tonight's podcast is going to be because it's something that really really hits close home to me as a parent. It's something that I want my kids to like really, really have and just be like, you know, at a young age, I want them to learn this really important character trait. And I'm not going to tell you what it is until after I read you this short story. You guys know I love stories. Like for me, some of the best ways to learn is just by hearing somebody else's experience. So you guys ready for this? Let's do All it. Right. So there was a business executive who was deep in debt and could, and could see no way out. Creditors were closing in on him, and suppliers were demanding payment. He sat on the park bench, head in hands, wondering if anything could save his company from bankruptcy. So suddenly, an old man appeared before him, and he said, I can see something's wrong with you. What's going on? And after listening to the, uh, the, you know, the executive says the old guy, says, uh, you know, he, he's been talking to this old guy, and the old guy's you know, just listening here, and he says, you know what? I think I can help you. And he asked the man his name. And he reached in his pocket and grabbed a check. He took the check and gave it to the young man and said, meet me here exactly one year from today and pay me back. And the executive was like, all right, well, I, you know, whatever. Old man disappears. The executive looks down and sees the check in his hand for $500,000 signed by John D. Rockefeller. $500,000 check written to this dude that he'd never met before. Um, and at that time, John D. Rockefeller was one of the richest men in the world. 
So, uh, you know, he, he starts thinking, he's like, look, like, this is, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I could erase every single one of my worries, my cares, any debt, just gone with the stroke of a check. But he, you know, fortunately took a second and thought, you know what, I'm not going to go spend this money. I'm not going to take it and just go instantly start paying debt and stuff. I'm going to take this check and I'm going to put it in my safe. I'm not going to cash it, not going to deposit. I'm going to go store it away. I'm going to put it in there and then I'm going to go to work. And what happened was, you know, the next day he went out with a little bit of renewed optimism, you know, a little bit like of, uh, you know, courage because he had a little bit of backing and started trying to do the same deals that he'd been doing before. Started just trying to close deal after deal and all of a sudden, bam, success. Like deals started closing that he wasn't able to close before. He started having success in areas that he had not had success before because he felt that boost, like that backer in his safe home. If, if it, like, this is my fallback, I'm safe, I'm protected. I got this, you know, $500,000 check. And uh, so he has a really, really good year, like a kick-ass year. And exactly one year later, he goes back to the uh, park bench and he's prepared to repay the old man. Gets there and uh, same time, same place, old man shows up, young man shows up. And uh, right as he's reaching in his pocket to grab the check, this nurse comes like scrambling down the street, like screaming, freaking out. And she's like, she's like, oh, I'm so glad you caught him. I'm so glad he stopped to talk to you. This is one of our patients. And uh, one of his favorite things to do is to go around and convince people that he's John D. Rockefeller. And it was an old guy who had like escaped from the old folks home. And so she grabbed him, walked him back to the hospital. And uh, so the guy's just sitting there on the bench, like, like what just happened? You know, he's thinking like, that was bizarre. Like, I, just, I just get bamboozled. Am I in trouble? And uh, he started thinking about all the success that he'd had. He'd started thinking about the year and why things were different and how he didn't have to use the money. And uh, he realized that what he had been missing all along wasn't money. It was a belief that he could make it happen. So he needed, you know, some sort of reassurance that he had the ability to close these deals. And basically what that check did, even though it was fake and would have never cleared, it created a sense of confidence that he didn't have before. And that's exactly what I want to talk about tonight is confidence. Like, and the reason why I want to talk about confidence is because this man sitting to my left is like, 290 pounds of just glowing confidence. Like you are a very confident individual. Have you always been confident? Uh, no, not even close. Where? I think uh, I was actually, I was, uh, I was reading, I think I was at church and I was reading something about how, you know, obviously your weaknesses become your strengths. And I think at some point between 21 and 26, I was not confident at all in anything, and I literally, I led my life with anxiety of fear that I was going to fail every single thing that I did. Were you afraid that, what type of confidence or anxiety are we talking about here? Is it, were you afraid of what people thought of you? Were you afraid that you were never going to be able to make anything for yourself, or was it a combination of everything, like it, just overall? It was legitimately a combination of everything. What people thought, if I was ever going to amount to anything, if I was ever going to make any money, if I was going to fail and live on the streets. I mean, really, all of those worries that you have as a young man growing up, like how am I going to make money? How am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to be successful? And now, all of them. To be fair, a lot of those feelings are normal, mm -hmm. and that's life, and that's growing pains. Yeah, yeah. But I think the real fire starters and the people that really kick ass, because obviously you at some point, like the light bulb went off in your head and you're like, all right, I believe in myself, right? Like 
it, it, it's not always that drastic as it was for you. And I, I went through the same thing. Like Kenny caught me at like one of the most vulnerable times of my life. I was 21 years old. I got home from a mission. I'd just gone through a really bad breakup <laughs> with really probably the only serious girlfriend I'd ever had up until that point. And I thought I was going to marry her. Then all of a sudden I wasn't. And I was like back to square one. And I was like, I didn't really care about myself physically. I didn't really care about fitness. I'd never stepped foot in a gym. I'd, I'd literally never been in the gym a day in my life until Kenny saw me signing up for classes one day at, at the same college that we went to for two and a half weeks together. And uh, <laughs> Shout out to Weber State University. Yeah, shout out to Weber State. And he literally grabbed me by the arm and took me to the gym that same day. And, and that was like the first step in a long path to like believing that I was worth something yeah you know so, we, we were talking about this uh yesterday in a, in a company meeting that sometimes it takes the belief uh sometimes it takes the belief that someone else has in you uh to believe in yourself sometimes you need that shot in the arm um in dave's case he he's a confident person uh but he gained more confidence with going to the gym and obviously physically how he looks now he's a large man big stature he wasn't that way he was pear-shaped i was pear-shaped and like bad posture and kind of hunched over it was not good no was- but he's yoked out of his mind and it, <laughs> but it took time it didn't happen overnight and in, in keaton i think the same thing but the question i have for you you had this fear we'll, we'll say it was fear right of failing and everything people can have that as an anchor dragging them down and and they'll almost sink right where did how did you take that fear and convert that yeah, to that's, energy. That's, that's kind of where I was you going. You use with that. that to propel you. We cut you off and kind of inserted our story, just a quick one. But I want to learn about that transformation because it's not just a one day to the next. Like, oh, I'm, I believe in myself. Why did you start being confident? Because right now, like, if you don't know the muscle, this man is confident. You just you exude confidence. I've seen you walk into situations where you shouldn't be confident, and you are. <laughs> you just kick the door down and help yourself. Like that's just the like that's just the way that you believe that you, you belong. I think to answer your question Kenny the first one is of can it be an an anchor that drags you down or something that that pushes you? I think anxiety and I think fear is is a good motivator if it is harnessed the right way. I think everybody has that. If you tell me you're not afraid of anything you're lying to me. Yeah. But what you do with that is the difference between being successful and confident or being depressed and beat up and, you know, all of those things. This sounds crazy, and I I get, you know, that we're here with the podcast, but I will say you you hear from people all the time, like, you are the sum of your five closest friends, right? Or you look at the people around you and you're going to get out of it what what they are. And the truth is, um, and not to toot Dave's horn, but like I started watching this guy and we became, we did become best friends early on in our relationship. And I watched him do the craziest shit that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and, and I, I started seeing him do stuff that I was like always worried about, you know, like, like making deals that I'm like, is he stupid? I used to say it all the time and be like, this guy's so stupid. He has no, idea. he's going to burn it all down. And I started to watch um, him and then also other people in my life do things that I was so afraid that the outcome was going to be so wild and chaotic. And I watched every outcome because I, I watch I, everything I do. If, if I'm, if I'm looking at someone, I'm looking at every single move that they make everything. I'm looking at the outcome. I'm looking at the decisions that they're making. I, lucky enough, I get to be, you know, his best friend and dissect the hell out of every decision he makes, whether it's bad or good, but no matter what it is, even the worst of the worst outcome is never as bad as the fear is that I had for that outcome. And as soon as I started I love to- that. Hold on, let's back up because I love that. That's that's like my mantra. 
That's one thing that I live by. And I put it like this. Your worst case scenario is never that bad. It really isn't. It's not that bad. Like the very worst thing that could happen if you're starting your own business is it doesn't work and you might go bankrupt. Boo-hoo, who cares? You're one step closer to succeeding. I mean, but if you hadn't taken that first step and tried, then you're a step further, right? So every every step you take, you're that much closer. Yeah, they can come with rough blows, but it's funny. We we literally uh, had a similar conversation recently where... You, you know, we all take risk, right? Show of hands. We all take oh, significant yeah. risk in what we do financially, time-wise. listeners can't see our hands. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I still well, raised we, it. We all they raised heard it. the shh. Keaton's hand was kind of up. It was more like a paw. More like a Marcus was up. Yeah. Dave's was kind of up. No, uh, we all take risk, whatever it is. But the reward that we're seeking requires some risk. We're not, we're not okay with not, you know, going after that reward. Whatever it is, whatever our goal is. And we're, we're, we're going to say to ourselves, look, if we fail, we're at least better off than having not tried at all. I like that. You know, well, that's what I heard from what you said. And the thing is, uh, if you look at yourself in the beginning, you know, when you have your greatest fears, which I imagine a lot of people listening are, in, let's say, in the beginning, they're 25, they're 30, they're 40, they have nothing, they're at a horrible job or they're at a place in their life where they don't know what they're doing, you are, you are literally at, like, ground zero. There is no fear for you. Let's say you take a risk and you destroy it and you go bankrupt. Okay. You're back to where you were. You don't have anything, but we work up all of these fears in our mind. Like, well, what if I, you know, like you say, I go bankrupt or what if my friends think this or all of these crazy fears. And then all of a sudden they happen and it's just the consequence is just not that bad. And you think, why didn't I take this risk sooner? Why didn't I do what I should have done now, five years ago. And, and then as you start to dissect that, or at least me, when I dissect that, I'm like, that should pertain to every single aspect of my life. And then I almost get addicted to this feeling of like progressing forward. And if I'm not moving forward and taking a risk and feeling fear, I, I feel so stagnant. I, I want to kill myself. I can't handle it. So you're telling me that... Uh <laughs> the same things that you used to dread and were like losing sleep over at night are now things that you actually intentionally put in your path. Absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. He's grown accustomed. I'm uh, the same way, and I just never really thought about it like that. Right? Yeah. No, I I am very much that way. Uh, <laughs> we constantly are gambling. Let me t- right? let me ask you this, Marcus. You have always been a good example of confidence to me. Okay. Has there been times where you're just kind of faking it until you make it? I'd still fake it till I make it. I, <laughs> I mean, think we I'm all here, do. You but know, I, I think I, I think people are under the impression on your podcast that I'm making like millions of dollars. So <laughs> wait, I thought you were. Yeah, I, I mean, Ooh, I am. Hang on, I am. No, but yeah, no. I I I have people hit me up all the time. They're like, "Hey, we're doing this big conference, and we need you to do this, 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 this." Is that something you're capable of doing? And I say. Oh yeah, for sure. Even I can do that. <laughs> and then I have I go get on a couple phone calls and start calling people like, "Hey man, how do I do this?" You know what I mean? But I found that in those moments when you step outside of that and if you're confident, you figure it out and make it happen and then you know what you're doing for the next time and but, I mean, I you used have something to, else to sell. When we were young, I mean talking 21, 22, 23, you're going to talk about how I used to dress or something. Huh? Well, no, how I, we would I'm dance. Saying, yeah, we would go to these, yeah. these like, you know, uh, little parties or clubs or whatever and <laughs> I remember when you first started. Not a good you start, no, dude, you first started like DJing okay. and like getting up on stage and like right. like rocking the house. He owned the mic, and I'm like, who taught him how to do that? Like, where did that come from? But I, I think you know, looking back, it was just you faking it until you make it. Like, yeah, you, just, you you had you knew what you wanted, 
You wanted to engage with the crowd. You wanted to like be the man at the party, and you turned that into like a full blown career. You know, that's something I admire about Marcus. Uh, is that I would say I was very confident uh, in who I was. Okay, when when we were going to these clubs, he's talking about. But I don't know that I was comfortable, uh, kind of laughing at myself in a sense. And you definitely helped me do that, being comfortable with myself. You know, doing weird dancing, whatever. You know, being uncomfortable in a large group setting in a party environment. Uh, and, and I enjoy that because you were willing to kind of put yourself out there, have fun, and everyone could see how genuine you were having fun. And so it kind of attracted other people, including myself, who was not comfortable in the beginning going out and dancing and doing the things you're telling us to do from the mic. Dude. Uh, but he brought us into it, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, no, I got true. a picture of you in a pumpkin, like cutoff shirt on yeah. stage. Yeah. And looking back, I think I'm like, man, how did the heck did I get Dave I mean, up on the you stage? You guys got so realize fun. for the listeners, I am not, I'm actually a bit, quite a bit of an introvert. I am. I, I like my circle small, and I don't like to be around too many people at the same time. And uh, I definitely don't have like uh, club skills. I don't. I, I can't dance worth shit. I, I, I don't even know what like rhythm is. Like when a song comes on, I will tap my foot the exact opposite way of the way you're supposed to do it. Like I just don't have those skills and the abilities. So we used to go to these parties and stuff, and you just like. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, like you've been going to hip hop class like dances. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is this is crazy. And but you just, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I think that's the beauty of confidence. And it's it's one thing that I'm gonna give you advice on is you can fake it, and it's okay to fake being confident because here's what happens: you yourself, as you're faking it, start to believe your own lie, and that's one lie that I am okay if you believe. And the second part of that is other people start to see you as confident. Whether you are or not, you're putting out a good vibe, people are seeing it, and then all of a sudden, when people start believing in you, it becomes real. So it's not really fake. It's just it's just being uncomfortable and, and doing it even though you're not quite there yet, but fake confidence turns into real like you know when you said like uh, the whole selling it part like I realized from an early standpoint in these parties I used to think I had to be like the business guy and I had to like walk around and make sure everybody was you know taking money right and that you know security was doing their job and I used to hire DJs and I realized how terrible they were and I realized that my business depended on the entertainment that was at these parties and I couldn't either couldn't a couldn't afford to pay the right entertainment or I couldn't find the right entertainment so what I did is I became the entertainment and I had to sell to the 2,000 people in this room that it was a good time. Dude, I remember you, know you walking I mean? through parties, slapping high fives with people you didn't know. I mean, it was no different than yeah. if you were, you know, uh, none of us really drink because we're all LDS, but if you go to a club and just start clinking your glass with strangers, like it's no different. Yep. Like yep. you were just being a socialite and like going out there and vibing, good, like doing a good job interacting with people. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Keaton, that is something that you just naturally, I, I guess I can't say I wish I could have been with Keaton at some of those dance parties hey, after seeing you know his what? dance. He's, he's brought me out of show more than once. I have. I've, I've taken this guy to a club, and I make him dance. I so, don't even care if he's off. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not good. But what uh, the reason why I want to talk about confidence is because it applies to everybody. It still applies to us. There's still times where I go into a situation where I'm like, all right, I got to just like pretend like I got this. And, and it always works out. Um, but, you know, talking about my kids, talk about, you know, Taya and Callie. You've got a Taya's seven, Callie's four, five. Three. Uh, dang, is she really old? Mm, she's, she looks old. Your daughters, I think Taya has naturally got some of her dad's confidence, right? Like, yeah. she's pretty confident. Um, why would confidence, why is, why is confidence important to you for your little girls? Um, it, it's funny that you bring this topic up because it's something that I was thinking about about a week ago. Uh, I don't ever listen to uh, 
those motivator thing, you know, Tony Robbins or whatever. And no joke, I heard, I think I was on YouTube. You know how I go down those rabbit holes. <laughs> we all do. And I, I heard a clip of Tony Robbins talking about something, and it has stuck with me. Every day I keep thinking about it. And what was he's, it? If you want to change your mind, you got to change your physiology. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And obviously your physiology is your body. You actually get healthier, get stronger, get faster, get leaner, feel better, all of those things. And pertaining to confidence, I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone who has changed their physiology for the better that didn't become more confident. I agree. You know? And I think, especially for me, I, I have two daughters, confidence is huge because you, you start talking about those things of their physiology, how they feel about themselves, uh, how they're going to react in the world growing up with confidence and how they feel about how they look, you know? Uh, for me, I, I honestly, I don't care how smart my daughters are. I don't. I care about two things, how they feel about themselves and how they treat people. And I think both of those have to do with the confidence that they have in themselves because when you are confident, it is so much easier to to treat people the way that ultimately they should be treated. You know, I think we're in a society where a lot of people break a lot of people down. I see it on a regular basis, especially on my social media. It's crazy. I make a post about water and somehow <laughs> people come at me like I'm fat and I drink too much water. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you talk about confidence and, and seeing it in someone. I, I don't think I've ever, ever met someone who's confident that breaks other people down. Yeah, it, that, dude, you're right. You're onto something. Confidence is a two-parter. It's your own personal confidence and being comfortable and secure with yourself. But I also, I remember having a conversation with my wife, Ashley. Um, We've had this conversation multiple times. She uh, is a very confident girl. She just owns whatever she's got going on and and she goes out in public and and she knows she's beautiful, but she's not like arrogant about it. And she's mentioned to me once, you know, more than than once, um, she says, my confidence is from you. I'm like, what? What does that mean? She's like, no, like, you make me feel beautiful. You make me feel special. You make me feel like a queen. And so I take that and I live it. And that's why she goes out and she's like, dude, like for those of you who know my wife, she carries herself very well. She's very classy. She's got a good posture. Like she's just, but I didn't realize that that I was like cultivating that, that I had anything to do with that. Now I'm not going to take all the credit for my wife's confidence because that's absurd. All I'm saying is that even without noticing it and, and not even realizing what kind of impact we're making on somebody's life, we are. And it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. So you yeah. got to determine what that is. Kenny, I know that this is like burning inside you because this is something that you're working on teaching your kids. And, and we have you know daughters who are the same age that are going through the exact same things. Like, dude, what, is, what was, does confidence <clears throat> mean to you and, and, to, and to your kids? Well, I mean... It's funny, I, I was actually talking to both of our kids. I was driving them somewhere. I don't know where, picking them up from class or something. Anyway, I was explaining to them, they, they were talking about something that they didn't want this to happen or didn't want that to happen. I was like, all right, we'll focus on what you do want to have happen. And I remember telling actually Charlie uh, something about, you know, whether you say you're going to make a shot or you're going to miss a shot, if you were shooting baskets, that is, um, you're right. And your body's going to do what you tell it usually, Why right? Why are you doing shots with my daughter? Well, she's been to that, first of all. That's Taya. That's my daughter. (laughs) No, um, but our kids are like sponges. I didn't even know Charlie listened. I found out later she was kind of having a bummer or something. Did you hear about this? Uh, You mentioned it to me, yeah. Well, anyway, Ashley told me that I guess she said, look, Olivia's dad told me 
that if if I if I decide what I want to focus on, then it's more likely that'll happen. And it burned, like you just said, in my heart because I grew up around that positivity. It was interesting. When I grew up, <clears throat> we couldn't say anything negative. We couldn't whine. We couldn't complain. And we'd, we'd use words like we choose rather than we have to, right? And even just the word trial, changing that to opportunity, right? One of them fuels me uh, to want to solve the issue uh, because I enjoy fixing things, right? An opportunity, I can rise up to that. I can, I can try to shine on that. Do you feel like just changing that, that verbiage makes a difference in your mind? It, it, it definitely can. But more importantly, being conscious of how, what you're saying and the words you're using makes you conscious of what you're telling yourself, right? For sure. So I think they're twofold. But with our kids, I mean, I've wanted to do a, a kid podcast uh, because the world is throwing stuff at him. Like Keaton used, for example, he posts something about water and people, you know, give their opinion for better or worse. The, our kids are getting that, but they're not getting necessarily, I think, the positive that maybe I, I was fortunate enough to grow up around or, or some of us. And I think they're, they're actually facing more difficult uh, things being thrown at them than, than we did, right? Like social media, uh, people's opinion is more readily accessible in their face, telling them what they should wear, what they should say, do, whatever. Um, and so I think it's important for us to instill in our kids and to believe in them. My daughter gets down sometimes. She gets all bummed out at different things. And I'm like blown away because I don't remember being like that as a kid. It's hard for me to understand. And as a guy, you just want to fix it, right? So I'm trying to instill in her uh, my son and you know whoever else I'm around, but uh, is that, look, you need to focus on what you do want. You want to focus on being a better person. And because of that, you'll have more friends. Having more friends helps you become a happier person. Having more happiness attracts more happiness and so on. You know, you stub your toe in the morning. It's amazing how the rest of your day can go downhill from there, right? For sure. If you let it affect you. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it instantly does. I expect, like, this is why I don't pick up my phone in the morning. Uh, for the or, first 30 or minutes ever. or ever or ever. I don't even look at it for the first 30 minutes in the morning because what's going to happen is um, morning time is usually a time where a lot of people try to like be productive and get stuff done. So I am a victim of somebody's to-do list, meaning that they, they're going through their list of things to do and I'll text Dave and get him to do this or that. And sometimes there are things that I don't want to do. I don't want to deal with right then and there. And I used to have such a bad uh, habit of, of looking at that stuff. Like I would almost like I didn't want to look at, but it was like the first thing I'd go to because it was like I got addicted to like figuring out what those problems were. And, you know, somebody would tell me something that I didn't like to hear or whatever it was, or I had a payment due that day uh, for the business. And it would, like you said, put me in this downward spiral of like, my wife has literally seen it like physically change my whole demeanor. I can be like happy, go lucky, feeling great. And then I can get that one message, that one email. And it's like, oh, like all of a sudden I'm treating her, you know, not as good as I should. I'm like just lost all my energy. So that is, uh, that is one of the big reasons why I tell everybody to repel those types of things. I call them energy thieves because that's exactly what they are. It's people I call who, them cancer. It, it, it is cancer. It's, it's cancer. It's somebody who comes in. Yeah, I got my rocks. I'm repelling all kinds of shit. Yeah, you look know at what I'm you. Same. Stones. I got, my, I got my bracelet. Okay. Straight out of China. Okay. You should I mean, listen to the uh, Happy Checklist podcast. You'd learn about stones uh, from our friend Redbeard. I listened to that guy. It's pretty good. So. Um, in fact, that, that's a great episode. It's like episode six or seven or eight with Redbeard talking about the power of different stones. Pretty cool stuff. Didn't mean to throw you off there. I just wanted to oh, do you to know that I'm putting into practice what we're talking about. I love it. Speaking of your stature changing everything, you actually, we were together and my phone was going off, whatever. And you were like, you have to change that now. You need to turn off your yeah, notifications. Stop. What it, like, yeah, it's not, it's, just, it's, you cannot allow somebody else to dictate how you're feeling. And believe it or not, that's what smartphones do. Well, yeah, but believe it or not, that's what a lot of people do. 
Oh, they yeah, allow. They, they use whatever tools and resources that are supposed to be designed to help us yeah. and make our lives more productive, and they use them against us, and, and we use them against ourselves. Yeah. And we're stupid for allowing that. So if you haven't heard this before, I think I can't remember if I said it on the first episode of this podcast, but I know I said it on Andy Frazella's, is turn your damn notifications off. Yeah. Go to your phone and turn them off. Now, if you're in a, in a you know career or a position where you have to be accessible, that's obviously a different scenario. But I think most of us, my mom texts me after that podcast and she's like, hey, thank you. I turned my notifications off and I just feel so much better. And what that does is it doesn't mean be irresponsible. It doesn't mm. mean like ignore problems and, and tasks. It means deal with them on your time, not somebody else's, you know, demanding schedule. So my dude, I don't even know if there's emails on my phone unless I actually go in, open up the email app and scroll through. And then it's like, okay, there's some new ones, but I don't let those little red bubbles loom over my day. Like just a, you know, a, a dark cloud because they will. And that one text that you get, you may get 10 good texts on your own. Then you get that one where it's just like, damn it. I did not want to deal with this right now. Guess what? You don't have to deal with it right then and there. Yeah. But how do you, how do you get rid of it when it happens? Oh, that's uh, a, <laughs> That's good, man. That's, that's a good question because it's like a stain. And it happens every day. Dude, yeah. But, well, it doesn't happen every day if you insulate yourself from it, which is why I'm, I'm kind of hard to reach on my phone sometimes. Wait, repeat also, that? What happens when he's, he's saying, how do you get rid of that? How do you shake that bad feeling when somebody does break through? I your, was going to ask Okay, I was going to talk about that too. Yep. And you brought up, what did you say? Don't ignore your responsibilities. So then I was going to ask them. you this. Schedule. Okay, so then that means you have to be a responsible adult, responsible person, and get about your day in the beginning, like Dave, it works for him to not look at his phone, right? I have dedicated time that I'm going to respond to emails and texts and things. If I have to do it before that and I have an attitude of like, I got to deal with this or something, uh, I'm not going to approach that the right way, right? And it's not on my time, if you will. And I won't give it really the attention that that deserves or needs. And I'm not going to enjoy doing it. It's not going to fuel me. It's going to drain my battery. So yeah, I have to schedule time to respond. You, and you just it, block, it's hard lock it out in your schedule and just know that it's okay to deal with it on your time as long as it's within reason don't yeah. don't put things off forever because then they're like certain problems don't go away but you that does take them. a lot of stuff but like dude, planning and being organized and being responsible kind of you can start on a level where it's just like all right uh what what bugged you you know you got a message from somebody okay what is it uh all right, I don't want to deal with this right now. I know that I need to deal, to deal with this at some point. So tomorrow morning at 7.30 or tonight at 8 after I've had a good meal, whatever it is, that's when I'm going to tackle this. I'm not going to allow this person to demand my full time and attention right now because nobody has the right to do that to you. Yeah. Nobody has the right to do that to you. You are in charge of your own schedule. And just because somebody needs something from you right away, unless it's an emergency, I'm sorry, you're not going to get my time and, and attention. You are I'm, really good at that. I'm going to give it to you when I'm prepared to give it to you. And guess what? When you get it, you're going to get a way better version of me than the version that you would have got if you nagged me to get your attention. My wife has learned this, uh, and this is why our relationship works really well. She's learned that in the early days, she would nag me a lot. And to her, it was just like husband and wife stuff like, hey, take the trash out, do this, like stuff that a husband should be doing. But to me, I took it as nagging because I have my, you know, very specific way of doing things. And if somebody like tries to insert something where I don't think it, <laughs> this sounds really bad, insert something where it doesn't belong, um, like in my schedule, <laughs> Touché. in my schedule, not physically, um, that, man, I, I don't like that. Like, that's just like, I don't want to deal with that. So she learned that there's a time and place where she can get the honeydews and stuff and, and request them. And dude, I'm telling you, it's made our relationship so much better. You respect each other so much more. I respect her time. I respect her needs. And I'm anxious to get her, you know, whatever she wants done because she allows me to do it on my time not hers. 
And it's dude, that's 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 kind of off topic from from confidence, but it's one thing that's going to help you just in general. Is uh, the best takeaway is don't be irresponsible, but find a way to make sure that things are happening with your flow and the way that your day is moving, rather than letting people dictate the way your day is going to flow and, and move. And to be honest with you, I think that probably the majority of the listeners listening to this can probably implement that and make that happen in your life. I know everybody's situations and circumstances are different and you know, you got to report to the man and the boss and whatever it is, but there's a way to do it where you can be at peace with it and actually feel like your time is not being like cannibalized. So what do you do when you stub your toe in the morning? You say it throws off your whole day, you know, hypothetically speaking, stub your toe or you get an email. How do you, how do you take that? And then find a way to get out of that mood. You know Hold what I'm on. saying? You want to know? Hold on, because I wanted to ask you this question. Yeah. You're, you, you, you perform. Sure. You, your whole thing is people coming, having a good time, listening to the music. Less and less nowadays, but yeah. Whatever. This, someone comes to you mid-performance, mid mid-event, and says, this sucks. This, your music sucks. How do you, at that point, mid, mid-event, go... I got it. I got it. You want to take it even further. Okay. So not only do I have to get on stage and perform, but the thing that we're really good at is we bring the full production. You can give us an empty room. We can come, we can set up the stage, power distribution. We have the audio engineers, the lighting. So I'm responsible for setting all that up. And then I have to put myself in the mood to, to entertain. Right. So what I've, what I've done is when I DJ, I keep myself completely, you know, separated from everybody else. So I don't let of, anybody come up unless okay. unless they're friends. You'll see a lot of videos where I have friends up and if they're putting me in the right mood or the right mindset, they're there. If some random dude jumps up on the stage and starts, you know, like dancing around, you'll see videos of me picking them up and, you know, tossing them off stage because I have to keep that mindset straight. You know what I mean? Okay. But there has been times where someone has like, you know, that made that happen. I just have to make that conscious decision. Like these people are paying money to be entertained, and it is my job to do that. And if I don't do it, well, then they're probably not going to come back, and I'm not going to have much of a business. So I just have to make that commitment that no matter what happens during an event, uh, my job is to entertain no matter how I'm feeling, I guess. You know what I mean? You said consciously aware, and that's what I was going to answer to. If you stub your toe and you have a habit in the morning to consciously be aware of how you want to start your day, you can stop and then... revisit the situation say like i could get pissed off about this i could let this you know kind of bum out my day or start things off slow or i can reevaluate this and be like well my toe's not broken no i have other things to do yep and i'll and and focus on you know something else something that's going to you know lift you back up so that's what i want to that's what i want to hit because to do what you're saying takes a lot of like mental fortitude like you got to really like stop and hit that reset button you want to know what my reset button is look at this The kids. That Mac. Pictures and videos of my kids laughing, especially Mac. I've got these videos saved of Mac uh, taking his first steps and laughing like a like a mad. Look at this bobbly little dude, dude. Like for the listeners, you can't see this. I've got these uh, little videos and pictures on my phone of my uh, one-year-old son Mac taking his first steps, laughing, being goofy. That right there is enough, and I do this. I literally go to those things if I'm having like a rough moment because I remember when I watched The Secret a long time ago. I think it was Jack. No, not Jack Canfield. It was the Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor says, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling bad, like that's normal. 
one thing you can do is picture a baby laughing. Yes. And I, that's always stuck with me is like uh-huh. a baby laughing. Well, I, I, when I think of a baby, like I'm annoyed, they make weird noises and loud noises. But my son, dude, I love the guy. So I literally, I can watch that stuff and I'll catch myself. This is the best part about it. I'll catch myself smiling like a damn idiot at my phone, and all of a sudden I've forgotten about whatever put me in a yes, for sure. And it works every single time. I, so find something that just makes you happy. Like I, a reset. I always, yep. it, it's funny, if you- uh, if You change you, your state. If you called my ex-wife and said, hey, how do you get Keaton out of a bad mood? She will tell you, give him his youngest daughter. Yeah. And I, I mean, no joke. No matter what it is I go through, no matter what stress I deal with, no matter how angry I get, I, there will be times, and I'm not saying that there's a favorite, but I will say my youngest daughter and I have such a connection that she literally brings me energy that I can't find anywhere else. Yep. And so I, there will be times in the middle of the day, we'll be here filming, you know, and something will go awry or just craziness. And I will literally text my ex-wife or or our, our daycare and say, hey, I'm coming to get my, my youngest. And I will spend two hours with her and I watching some stupid show that she loves, her and I cuddling, and my whole entire day will completely transform. Yep. And then I can go back to being and doing whatever I needed to do. Yep. You can do it in an hour. You can do it in a half a day. You can do it in three minutes by looking at your phone at a picture of something you love. It doesn't have to be a kid. If you don't have kids, fine. Pick, find a picture of something you love, your car, your family, whatever it is. And dude, it, there's something like chemical about it. What it does, it just changes your state. It immediately changes it. And you can do The best part about it is like, there's no limit on that. You can do that a hundred times in a day if you have to. If you're having a real bad day, you need to figure those things out though. You got to find those things that instantly put you in a good mood. Like, there's probably only a handful of things and that then I cling can, to them like crazy. Yeah, and just make sure that you respect them and you you cherish those things. Yeah. Like uh, there's only a handful of things that I can actually look at and that I can actually experience and feel that make me instantly chemically feel better. So that's that's a big tip, and that's probably one thing that uh, we'll add to the checklist. Um, with the checklist tonight, I actually uh, I want to use somebody else's information. Um, one thing that I'm big on because. Uh, I believe that a lot of the, inf- the like the world is full of really good information. Sometimes you just haven't heard it uh, positioned, or you haven't heard it, um, you know, the way that you need to hear it. Uh, there's a lot of smart people that have already like. It's probably safe to say that every smart thing that could ever be said, like, has already been said. Somebody's already said it, but it doesn't mean that you've heard it, and doesn't mean that you found a way to apply it to your own life. Um, so one big thing, and depending on how you've heard it, right? Like I've exactly. I've read a book. And then I've read one very similar, exact same principle, but I like the way the other guy told the story. And then right. I understood it at yep. that point. So I'm big on sharing other people's good tips and advice and, and you know, things that make your life better. So tonight, uh, part of the checklist items, in fact, the whole checklist, unless you guys want to add to it afterwards, is going to be, st- uh, you know, items that I've taken from what's called the Art of Charm. Um, and it's basically just kind of a website that's a free training guide for helping to build self-confidence. And these are really simple items, guys. And the number one item, which we were just talking about, is when you – and these are more like social setting type uh, confidence builders. Like if you're out around people, whether it be school or work or wherever it is, these are things that you should do. Um, and number one is titled clinking glasses. And, and that's what we were talking about. When you show up, be that guy that's slapping high fives or giving hellos or shaking hands or if you're at a club and you drink, clink those glasses. Um, there's not a good word. There's not a good word in English to explain what this is. I, th- I think what would be the... the there's an audio book no, that what's talks the word? about this. What's the word for this? Um, Charismatic? Uh, no, 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 no. Like when you see somebody say hello, like salutations or... Uh, 
greetings or whatever it is. I only speak English, so I don't know. (laughs) But in Spanish, there's a word that I love, and I instantly think of it um, whenever I think of this kind of stuff. It's it's saludar. And it's basically kind of like if you translate it directly, it means salute. And it's like so perfect because when you see somebody, like how easy is a salute? Like just like a, hey, you know, like a, that's, it's just simple. It works. And so when you see somebody or you meet somebody in a social setting for the first time, don't be afraid to go up and slap that high five or say that hello or clink that glass because instantly what's going to happen is not only are you going to feel good, like, dang, I, you know, I overcame a little bit of like a shyness that I have, but all of a sudden everybody in the room is going to be like, what's this guy got? Like this dude's got like, this guy's got some confidence. What's going on? I want to know more about him. And they just, they want to like, they're going to be naturally attracted to you. So that's number one. Just when you enter a room, do those, uh, you know, those hugs, those high fives, those smiles, because it goes a long ways. Saludar. Saludar. Yep. Let's do that salute. Uh, number two um, is another one that uh, I've been really good at simply because I, uh, I'm too dumb to know any better. And it's assume attraction, meaning assume that everybody that you come in contact with is, att- is attracted to you. Whether it be in a physical like, way, like sexually, or yeah, however you want it to be. Well, if it's I'm a, going if, with sexual. If it's a hot girl and you want to be phys- you know, like sexually attracted to you, just assume that she is. If it's uh, you know a businessman that you're trying to do a deal with, just assume that he is attracted to you in a way that he wants to work with you on a closer level, do a deal with you, whatever it is. So just assume that you are a magnet. All right, go out and this. These are really simple things, and that's obviously the point of the checklist is to is to come up with these simple items. I think everybody here at the table. Um, has a pretty good grasp on confidence. It's something that we can always work on and build, but there, I think are a lot of people listening that they, they really need to hear these simple steps of what to do in a social setting or what to do at work and, and find ways to like break down that, you know, kind of melt that ice that everybody has. At so first. many people are afraid to say hi to somebody so else. So afraid. Cause all oh, that guy does this. I don't give a damn who you are. Like I could go and say hello to anybody and I could be on the same level, even though, you know, it may be con- completely different lifestyles, but I mean, you'll find most of the time when you go and talk to some random person and then all of a sudden you guys are like the, you know, same type of people. I was in Vegas, right? And usually I'm just on my phone when I'm traveling, I'm coming back from somewhere or I'm usually just trying to get home. And on, on, I was limping because for those of you who don't know, I've had a lot of injuries and I sit in the car too long and I limp. And this old black man got out of his window. He's like, hey there, daddy. <laughs> How many kids you have to get that type of limp? You know what I mean? And then I stopped there and talked with them. And I'm like, dude, that was cool. How many times are you in a gas station and you see a random person? Then I came back out and the guy, you know, sitting next to me pumping his gas, we started talking and then found out he, you know, uh, he manufactures ammunition in St. George, Utah, and we got stock t- started talking. And then he gave me a brick of 100 rounds of 9 millimeter. There you go. You know, I, I'm not saying it was just, but I'm just saying it was just from having random conversations and not being afraid to talk to someone and going a little out of your comfort zone. Just that one gas station stopped I mean, for me. I was a, like, a hello cool. could turn into a handful of black market ammo. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, speaking I'm, of that, sky's the limit. I'm not going to say about the 9 millimeter I bought. <laughs> you know I mean? it's, it's a backdoor deal. Yeah. I think that's big, though, because realistically, when you go anywhere, especially in a crowd, and you see someone that is, hey, in your face, happy, saying hi to people, the first thing you think is, this guy's done this before. Yeah, You know, you see a pro playing basketball, and they're killing it. It's like, that's because they've done it before. They're good at it. Yep. So when you roll up into a party or a crowd or a club or whatever it is you're doing, and you're there, and you believe that everybody wants you to be there, and you're, you feel like they're attracted to you, and you're high-fiving, and hell, people are just like, yeah, that but guy's let, confident. Let me ask you this. Is it easy for you to do that? No. Because you're good at that. No. 
it's you not are good easy. at it. It's really not easy to do it. But anybody who but, anybody who's ever seen you in a social setting would probably disagree. They probably think it's easy. I still don't believe that it's not easy for you. Well, here's the thing. At, at one point in my life, it was probably the hardest thing that I could have ever done. I think probably around high school. I would go to like, you know, little high school parties and stuff and roll in. And of course, I'm the big dumb guy that's in the corner. <laughs> and the, in high school, of course, when you're the big guy, everybody looks at you when you roll into the room. You know what the worst thing to do is? Sit in the corner and put your head down. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, okay, I can't just sit here. I got to act tough. And like, we it, can see you. Yeah, <laughs> it was always the worst thing ever. But I know the way that I felt. When someone rolled into a party, you know, hey, oh, hey, we, we, we go over to Layton High School's. And we'd kick your ass. Yeah, I remember no, that. No, you never yeah, did that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and, no, but, but you know. I you, that's you, where we met. <laughs> you go over to the, the other high school's party, and you roll in, and you're saying hi to everybody, yep. all the girls. And the guys from Layton are like, who's this guy? What yep. is he? You know, and you feel the way you feel, and you think, man, I want to be that guy. It's just so funny to think that. I, yeah, I look back at my high school career and any social setting I've been in, and I see that dude that walks in and he's slapping the whole, so those high fives. And I think now, man, you might have been dying inside. For sure. You might have been hating that. You oh, might have yeah. been like the most unconfident person in the room, but you had us all bamboozled. Yeah. And guess what? It worked. Yeah. But you know why they keep doing it? Is the response they get is what Positive. they're looking for. Yeah, it's absolutely. a happy smile back, right? Uh, an audiobook that literally changed the way I dealt with people because when I first started, we were all living together. When I first started my own business, um, I was young, 1920. The real estate game is, is, you know, for old people traditionally, right? So I was interacting with people a lot older than me. I was trying to look older. And so they take me serious and I have a baby face or whatever. Uh, but I remember listening to this audiobook, and he says these things. Uh, he says, be open when you meet somebody. This is if you go up to meet somebody, he says, be open. So have your heart toward them. He oh. says, make eye contact. Open, open, open high, beam, beam lean, lean. lean. Yes. Yeah, remember this audiobook? What, yeah, what one was that? It's uh, how, to get, how to Get People to Like You in 90 Seconds or Less Dude. by Nicholas Boothman. Yes. Changed my life. Remember yes. this? Oh, so good. So, so yeah. It's so on it's, my affirmations. Be I, have another, open. I found another affirmation recording, by the way. You did. And, that, <laughs> and to, be, to be fair, okay. Kenny does this, really. You do do this very well. Sometimes. No. I try. At least, at least when I'm around you, you do this very well. Oh, I, I, no, I learned, learned it from, from you, too. Yeah. Actually, from the three of you, I probably learned earned 90% of my self-confidence and my like, like interacting with people from you guys, because I'm not naturally a person that wants to go out and shake those hands and, you know, give those. Right. If you knew my dad, I should be, because my dad was (laughs) like the man at that. But it makes me wonder, like looking back, my dad's dead now, but did he struggle with that on the inside? I bet he did. I bet he learned along the way. He he was highly confident. I have a funny story though that I'm going to let Kenny finish. Let me just give them these tips. All right. Here's what it is. Cause obviously they've impacted us. Um, be open. So you, you, if you're walking up to someone, your body language, your heart is facing them. Okay. Not your arms crossed or jacket, you know, covering you leave it unbuttoned. you know, so your, your heart is facing their heart. Make eye contact. This is super important, especially in today's day and age. You know, you're looking at your phone or you're distracted. There's a lot going on. Make eye contact. Beam. Dave, do you remember what the beam part was? Yeah, with the smile. Big old smile. So you give them a big smile. Your heart's facing them. You've made eye contact. And then you say, hello. And then, this is the best part, you lean in. All right? So they feel like, okay, this guy is totally giving me all of his attention. 
He's physically showing me. He's using words, so you're you're kind of covering all the bases. I don't Auditory. advise the lean in when you're 300 pounds. Well, yeah, that's true. That's something I learned on a first date. Don't do that. I got. I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going to because if I don't, I'm going to forget this. Do it, dude. Okay. So everybody remembers my affirmations episode, and the only reason I'm I'm cutting in right now because I know that sometimes people listeners hate when people talk over each other. So I apologize right now. But the only reason I'm I'm cutting in is because this is very applicable to what you're saying after i read and this is this this is something that you should do right now oh don't delete um this is something that you should do if you're listening to this you're giving some really good insight kenny when i first heard this this is what i did i was literally driving in a car to idaho by myself how i might have been going to see hands or somebody in his family or something but this is what i recorded <laughs> this is so smile when i'm talking to the person. Oh, let's see. when i want to convey a good message i need to smile when i'm talking to the person whether it's on the phone writing them a letter or talking to them in person when i need to be firm i need to have a firm face i will try harder to find rapport with everybody that i meet so this was recorded on march 30th 2011 right there you guys can see it i literally took the things that i was learning from that book that you're telling me about and recorded them and made them my own Positive affirmations. You guys have heard my positive affirmations episode. I don't think you have. No, I haven't. I'm going to send it to you. Episode five of this podcast, I got real vulnerable. And I kind of feel it right now. I feel not not as bad as I did before, but I, I just like, I heard good information and good advice and I pound it into my own head by me recording it and listening to it over and over and over again. And these were affirmations I listened to. So I'm glad you brought that up because this probably would have been buried in the archives forever. This, this is, this is interrupt worthy. That's a nugget that people need to hear that. Look, not only have we listened to these things, we were just talking, we were reminded of these things, but then you you're implementing them in your own way. So one of the ways I implemented it, and he actually talks about this in the audio book or the book, whatever, um, is that you guys all think about when you run into somebody that is a long lost friend of yours. Someone you just was like a homie, a close friend, childhood friend, whatever it is. Like us about six weeks ago. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so when you run into this person, you're usually excited. Your eyes are looking at them. You, you, You can't wait to embrace them and hug them. And that feeling you get. Now, he talks about, he talks about pretending that you already know this person, a stranger. And if you're reacting like you do know them, Oftentimes, and he actually talks about, they'll come up to you and be like, do we know each other? And they'll begin the conversation because you're, you're showing physically, uh, you know, you're smiling, you're looking at them and everything as if you recognize them and that you like them. They're going to come up and be like, do we know each other? And approach it themselves. And imagine how powerful that is, right? Yeah. So you can imply, you know, your intent, your excitement, your, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do when you meet somebody or just hoping that, you know, lift somebody up. Put that on your list, actually. What's that book called again? How to Make Somebody Like You in 90 Seconds or Less? Yeah, by Nicholas Boothman. By Na- like, if you're listening to this, and I don't care if you're already confident, go listen to that book or read it because it is freaking powerful stuff. I remember it being so powerful that I stopped and, and, and made like... That was 2011? March 30th, 2011. So hold on. I got a story for everybody. This is the thing. I don't know if it's because I was with you. It might have been. But... We're talking about entering a room and having confidence and meeting people and having all these positive experiences, right? But the reality is, is even if you bring positivity into a negative atmosphere, if you do it well enough and you're confident enough in it, you can still make it positive. This is the deal. When we were in Texas uh, in the beginning, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe two years into our business, mm-hmm. 
just like now, we had people that loved us and we had people that didn't like us. And a lot of the people that didn't like us were big diesel enthusiasts. I don't know if it's because they didn't want to see us succeed or they thought we were a bunch of idiots. You know, they were probably right. We are a bunch of idiots. Yeah. But we drove down to Texas in the Mega Ram. Mm-hmm. And we went and rallied it, and we gave a truck away, and we had taken the Mega Ram down the the drag, and it was like an eighteen second quarter mile on the drag strip. Something we raced like drag racing, something crazy. And we, we loop back around, and when you loop back around to go back to the start, you pass every everybody. Like literally, there's like hundreds of people lined up. We're we're rolling down to go back, and I'm in the front seat. Dave's driving, and we pass these kids that are working on their truck and they shout something derogatory towards us. You guys are a bunch of dumbasses. Oh, look, it's the dumbass diesel brother. Well, we were diesel sellers then. Look, yeah. it's dumbass diesel sellers. And in my mind, I'm like, what a bunch of jackasses. And Dave stops the truck, stops it mid track. <laughs> and he goes, what did they say? I'm like, I don't know, man. They're just yelling stupid stuff at us. He's like, you know what? Let's go. And I'm like, what? Like, are we going to fight these guys? <laughs> so so we, we jump out of the truck. I'm ready to go, man. I'm, I'm, I'm taping up my knuckles. You're always ready to go. I'm always ready to go. He rolls up to him, and he goes, hey, I see your guys' hood is open. Do you guys need some help? <laughs> I and remember then, that. And then he shakes their hands and introduces himself. These guys are talking shit as we roll by, right? <laughs> they become, in two seconds, our best friends. <laughs> and they go, oh, no, we don't need anything. We were just looking at it. He's like, hey, man, if, if you guys need anything, uh, just let us know. You know, we're, we're just here having fun. Just, you know, yeah. just, just small talk. But yeah. it was so confident that you had these kids. And I say kids, but they were probably 25, 30. I'm uh, pretty they sure they, they invited us to a, like a party or a dinner but, or something. But later literally, that night. it changed the, the negative atmosphere from That's funny. you guys are dumbass, blah, 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 to a positive experience and a positive atmosphere, like in the blink of an eye. And we literally, and then, and I'm like, okay, so do we help them or do we fight them? Because I'm still ready to punch and take all their tools. I want to show my team. And, and, and Dave's like, all right, fellas, we'll, uh, if you guys need anything, we'll just be down the way. We drive off. I'm sure they probably kept talking shit or whatever. I don't know. All I know is that the the experience that we had and what they will take with them was a positive outlook, not just on us, but on the whole fact of, well, at some point, we didn't know who they were and we were talking bad about them. We met them. It was a great experience. And they were very confident and I don't know what else I can say or do I, I remember to be derogatory. It, to these went, guys. it went well. Like they ended up becoming buddies. Like, I think that was. A, so at that point, I had learned that once you understand the system, you can use the system to your advantage. And that was one of those moments where it would have been really easy to pull over, stop, and get in a fight, kick some asses. Which I was ready for. Or, I was kind of waiting for that or story. Or just keep on driving by and ignore them and just let it eat at you the rest of the day, which when that shit happens, it really eats at me. But I had learned how this social interaction, you know, system works, and I was like, "Watch this." I, I don't think I and said it did. to you, you guys. You did. I you just, did. You, you said, just, "Watch this," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, which one am I punching?" Because <laughs> that's what I thought. And you just use that social science, and you manipulate the situation, and boom! Can I tell all a quick of a sudden story you're in about control. that? Yeah. So I, uh, you know, throwing events in Utah is a pretty cutthroat, th- cutthroat thing. As soon as anyone sees you making money at something, they instantly jump on and want to do the same thing and do it the. Exact 
exact same. So I used to have to go to war to defend my events because what, what would happen is people would do the same events. They would do half of what I said they were doing. They're promoting it the exact same way. So people would go and be disappointed and then they would associate that with my dances, right? Well, I had a company that came around and this is as I'm kind of at the tail end of throwing events, but they stole one of my events out from under me at a university that I usually did a dance with. I had a contract. And at the very end of the contract, they came in and did this dance. And I was like, okay, cool. Whose tires am I slashing? Whose house am I setting on fire? I'm going to kill somebody. They're, they're <laughs> taking food from my family. And I was ready to go to war. And I boiled on it for two days. And finally, I calmed down. I'm like, I wonder how I can take this and I could use it to my advantage. You know what I mean? So after two days, I ended up calling one of the promoters and I said, Hey man, um, this is Marcus Wing, and he knew he knew I was pissed. He, he you know, and he's like, well, "Hey man, what's up?" And I'm like, "Listen, I said two days ago I was really pissed at you guys, and I was gonna, you know, come and I was gonna kill you, you know." <laughs> and I was like, "But I've taken a couple of days, and I thought about it. I said, listen, you guys put on events." and parties, concerts, and stuff like that. I said, I have a production company. I said, you know, for you guys to be successful, make money, I mean, it doesn't mean I can't be successful, make money. I said, listen, let's work together. Instead of doing these things where we go to war, and whenever you do an event, I do an event to despite you to try to make yours worse. I said, listen, next time you have a party, why don't you use me for your production? You have to rent a stage. You have to rent a sound system. You have to do this stuff. I said, why don't we work together? And so coming from that, uh, I've done probably 20 events for him now. I've made a pretty good substantial amount of money <laughs> on something where if I would have reacted the other way, yep. I wouldn't have made any money. I would have gone to war and I probably would have like you know done a, a lot worse trying to throw a party on the same night as somebody else, we both would have lost. It's Anyways, amazing. we worked together. You it's know? amazing what a little bit of social skills can do for you. Like, you don't have to be the most polished, debonair guy in the room. Like, Which I am not. No, and neither am I. And yeah. none of us are, but... Uh, Kenny, you're pretty damn close. You're, you're pretty know. fancy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I love the, the fact that he focused on what he wanted. Yep. Right? I wanted I their mean, money. The, the intent yeah. was... Or the, the issue was they took, you know, this, this opportunity for you to make money away... And then you aligned your interest. Well, when you focus right? on what you want, you, and all of a sudden you're focusing on a solution rather than the problem. You could have sat there and focused on, damn it, I got the, these guys are stealing my business and stay focused on that. And guess what? You would have not gotten anywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of like, a, it's a, a very small twist in thinking that you just have to be aware of. Step one, being aware of it. Like realizing that, okay, wait, hold on. I can manipulate this situation to work out however I need it to. And manipulate is used in a bad way. It's, it's usually, you know, considered a bad thing, but manipulating is great. You can use these skills and these, you know, different characteristics to manipulate situations in your favor and also in everybody else's favor. So that's a, that's a big part of what we want to talk about today is this confidence, which is, you know, it encompasses so much that, you know, all the way from not getting in fights with people on the side of the road to just, you know, being able to figure out how to get your day back on track if you're having a rough morning or whatever it is. So um, the next item on my checklist is, is, I mean, I think we just really, really hammered it already, um, but I want to just give it a very simple name, which is Stand tall and smile. That's number three on your checklist of, of things that you need to do. And guys, the beauty of this is you can go do it right now. Yeah. When you're done listening to this, go try it out. Go walk into freaking McDonald's, say hi to the cashier, stand tall and smile, and just watch what happens. The room will freaking lighten up. Um, the next thing on that, uh, uh, number four on the checklist items is, and remember, I'm taking a lot of these from the, um, oh, what's the name of it again? 
It is, give me one second, um, theartofcharm.com. Um, it's just off their website. So uh, the fourth thing is approach immediately. What does that mean? Like urgency. Well, I think it means don't don't second guess yourself. Don't give yourself a second yep. to get cold feet. Yeah. Don't like, don't think. Well, how can I say hi? If you're trying to hit on a girl, don't think about different pickup lines. Just boom, get in there. That's one thing that Kenny, you've always been good at uh, when we were single and in business. Like I've seen <laughs> you just like bam, get to it. Like. Like as if you had something already ready to say to these people. And it's nothing like profound or crazy, but it's just like, holy shit, like he just went for it. People appreciate that. There's something to be said I, for I think you yeah, and and you get rid of fear by doing it now. Like how many times have you seen someone climb an eighty foot cliff that they're right. gonna jump yep. off of? Yep. And then they sit up there for like five hours That's and me. by the time the five hours that is, is over, then they've talked themselves out of it, yeah, right? They, the they don't way do worse, it but, or, or they feel like a total idiot for sitting there. Oh yeah. Long. And and the thing is is you know the guy that does it is going to get up there and not even think he's already going. Yep. You yep. know? Or throwing a and it's the same thing. In social yeah. settings, I think the thing that helps most is that you you maybe have been through stuff in your life or whatever that you've you realized that everyone at a party everyone at a social social setting wants to be talked to so go give them what they want yeah say hi to them that's true it's it's very true i mean unless you're an introvert like me then don't if you see a guy looking like me in the corner he's cool being by himself <laughs> it's just yeah, if, there, if, there's a time and place for it. like if you're in a social setting then obviously you're putting yourself out there to be talked to um but i think number five that we're going to put on this list. And these are checklist items, guys. We'll hit them again at the end, but um, ignore your insecurities. Oh, so that's such a hard one, though. Dude, that's t- the, I like, feel like that's the hardest thing that you could possibly do is ignore the thing that internally is making you make decisions. Yeah, the thing that, that's true. It's, the, it's, the, it's what drives you. It's what makes you literally feel the way you feel. Yeah. And so you're just like, all right, I got I to gotta put that on hold or I mean, it's I like, mute that. It's like when you have your first relationship and you have that jealousy or you have that like frustration and you're like, you want to just lose it and freak out, and but it's like no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's be confident here. Right. Let's make decisions based on confidence and not according to like what you're feeling insecure about. So there's there's two ways to handle that, and I think one of the ways that I th- we all you know a lot of people make mistakes with this is calling out your insecurities um, so that like. My wife, I'll, I, I use her an example because she's a saint and she loves the podcast, listens to it religiously. But uh, some of her like worst characteristics are if somebody comes over to the house, she instantly is like, I- I'm so sorry, it's a mess. Like, I, I'm, like if someone walks in our bathroom, our bathroom can be spotless. My wife has trained herself to be like, I'm sorry, it's a mess. And I hammer her on that <laughs> stuff. Like it's, it's been one of the biggest source of arguments in our marriage and she's gotten way, way better. Like she doesn't, she doesn't do that stuff anymore. Like she used to be like, if she'd see somebody and she'd have a zit on her face and she'd be like, hi, I'm so sorry. I had the zit. Like it's, it's just, it's stupid. It's a zit. And it's like, you didn't need to say that. You didn't need to call that out. I know it made you feel better for a second, but really all it did was just make the room even more awkward. However, there is a flip side to this. If you go up to somebody and you have stitches on your freaking face or you got like something weird that's obvious and like kind of out of your control, but you're missing your front teeth, call a little, you know, have a crack a little joke at it, like at your own expense, because it shows that you're confident enough to be like, check it out. Like I have a, I have a, an athlete for me and he's been in the military. He lost his right eye. So he wears a patch. A full-on patch. And I'm not kidding you. Every time we go to the gym and he meets someone, hey, what's up, man? I'm the pirate here. Yes. Like, he's just straight into it. Because, I mean, you can't not see it, And there's a difference between that, because that is confidence. To me, that's 100% confidence. That's the difference between that and saying... 
you know, shaking someone's hands and be like, I'm sorry, I got clammy hands. Like, no, yeah. don't bullshit. Don't call yourself out. Don't put yourself down unless it's something that is like obviously jokeable. And I think sometimes people probably have a hard time understanding what like an obvious joke is, but use your best discretion there. That's, that's something that's going to take a little bit more fine tuning, but don't, don't beat yourself up and, and don't bring yourself down in front of people. Wait, do you guys have insecurities? Oh yeah. What are you, what are your insecurities? Dave, what are, what's your, I dude, I, I can't say this word. Um, moist. Uh, <laughs> well, that one too. That's a bad, uh, I, it's, I'm going to say it. This is not, I have a, I have a, down syndrome cousin so i think I'm, I've, I'm granted this one i call it retard confidence um retard i guess is a really bad word i don't yeah. i don't mean it derogatory but i i just have i remember i i picked this up when i was what was i seven years old we used to go swimming at this public pool and uh, this big tall i'm talking dude when i was a kid this this guy had to be like seven feet tall down syndrome guy would come to the pool and he would be like freaking cannonballing off the high dive jumping in from like all the crazy spots swimming like a madman and it was like this this overwhelming amount of confidence that i was just like that's that like he's got it like he should not he should not be that confident in himself but he is and so that's i have a lot of that because i've just kind of trained myself to feel that way about every aspect of my life maybe there's insecurities i honestly off the top of my head can't think of any I, i really can't um uh because i've always focused on what I'm good at, not what I'm not good at. I got at. one. I feel really uncomfortable in the in a regular gym, like a Vasa, Gold's Gym. So you're more of a Planet Fitness kind of guy. No, no, not even that. <laughs> like, I, 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 I so oh, here's Orange the story. Theory? I haven't gone in a long time. I mean, really, since when Kenny and me lived together, he would take me to the gym, and I felt somewhat confident because I was with someone who knew what they were doing. But uh, I, I've been going to a boxing gym for the past seven years now, but today I signed up for a gym. Like, I go... Like I used to go, when I did go to the gym, I would go at 11 o'clock at night because I didn't want anyone to be there. For sure. And it was just this mental thing. Yeah. But today I decided, I'm like, you know, boxing's good, but I think I need to lift weights. I need to do some more. So I signed up for one today. But that, for me, I do not like the gym setting. I don't like people watching me work out. And it's something that I kind of struggle with. Yeah, I could see that. Let's talk about that. I was hoping something like that would come out, right? I think that's a common thing. A lot of people don't like the gym environment, right? That's why the people have home gyms. Uh-huh. So what made you comfortable boxing? Um, I don't know. You got comfortable with the people there? Um, or were you I, just more focused on you your You couldn't goal? have been comfortable right out of the gate. I, I wasn't right out of the gate, but it was a small. The, the thing that I really liked when it first started was really small. And then I got good at it. And as I got good at it, I mean, I didn't care who was there. But uh, when we first started, in fact, the guy who does all the paintings for the shop here, you know, Matt, he was one of the first guys I started boxing with and it was just like three of us and, and it wasn't like a massive thing, but I don't know. Yeah. No, I just, I bumped you. Um, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. And I, and I'm a confident person. I, you are a very confident person and yeah. confident people have insecurities. We all, I'm sure I do. I, I'm not trying to say I don't, but I just try to focus on what I'm good at and not what I'm not because it gets me a lot further in life. And I, that's, I think you're the same. Way. I'm with you. I, I, I have a ton of insecurities. I honestly, I hate being in front of people. And that sounds crazy because we're on a TV show that millions of people watch. What do you watch. mean? Like in a, in a like public speaking setting or? Anytime. Hmm. Anytime. I mean, you put me in front of as comfortable as possible. You put me in front of a crowd. You put me, you know, at church, we, we do the speaking in front of people. You do a good job faking it. But the thing is, is, is I, I, 
I finally figured out, like you, where I just don't focus on it anymore. I mean, I listen, you put me in front of people, I promise you I'm going to have an anxiety attack. It's going to happen every single time. You know, we do this a lot now. Like, we do Monster Jam. We run down in the middle of the arena. Like, dude, I, I'm dude, losing dude. my shit in my mind Hold on. every single time we do it. I mean, dude, we, uh, the last time we were at SEMA, the Discovery Channel puts us on, on the stage, and then they hand us mics and go, all right, guys, let's, let's hope that it uh, goes well. I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to burn down. Something's going to happen. Dude, that's where I shine, though. I've, you I, do. You do I, great. I, when, I, when that pressure hits me, like, you got to freaking yeah. do this. Dude, for some reason, I've been able to program myself, and I think we can all do this, to like, all right, it's kick-ass time. And you just all this. I start saying things that I didn't even know I knew. Most of it's not true, even. <laughs> you just start throwing stuff no, up, but it gets the people going. It gets, as long it gets, as it gets dude, them going. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you this. Are you guys ready for this? Let's call my wife because uh, this is this is so crazy that you brought this up. The other day, we were, this is like two or three days ago. We're having this conversation, and I'm gonna butcher the way she said this, and I'm gonna see if I can trick her into saying it right now and not let her know that we're doing the podcast. But she said something like, "When I go in a public setting and I see somebody." And I feel uncomfortable. I just pretend like I'm not me. And I'm what? Like, I'm like, what? She, <laughs> she, she, she goes, I just pretend like I'm somebody who's confident. And I go, wait a minute, hold on. You just, you just pretend to not be yourself, and like you just pretend to be a confident version of you. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I'm gonna see if I can. I hear these words this. coming while, while out of you her call mouth. that. This is, I think, the biggest reason why is because if if you put me in a setting with everybody. The biggest guy always stands out. Yeah. And so I end up being the biggest and the fattest or the there. whatever you oh, want to yeah. say. I mean, you know, because you're a tall guy. So then, of course, right out of the gate, somebody's looking at me and but saying. hold on. Yeah. You're, no, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Hands, you're not always the biggest guy in every setting. Do you ever feel like people are like, oh, he's the smallest guy? Do you feel like people are, are looking I'm, at that? I'm telling you right now, this whole time I've been sitting in the back, like trying to not say anything. <laughs> But I'm like three foot five or whatever, you know, and ever and wet, soaking wet. I'm 112 pounds, right? Like everyone, every time we go anywhere, right? So there's Heavy D, there's Diesel Dave, there's the Muscle, there's the Red Beard. All these guys, they're all jacked and tall and stuff. And then there's like this three foot guy following them around with their bags and their hats and their everything. And they're like, who the heck's this guy? Like, what is he doing here? Why is he here? And there's like one thing that I've like realized, like hanging out with Dave. Like, you know, we go to Monster Jam and, and last minute Dave's like, oh, yeah, well, by the way, I'm bringing my mom, you know, and she's bringing someone. And then, then the muscles come and he's bringing his 45 kids. <laughs> Redbeard's come and he's bringing his 50 kids. But here's three tickets. Get them all up to the suite, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, Dave, there's, you've given me three yes. tickets. There's 45 people showing up. And I've just learned, like, you've just got to act like you're supposed to be there, right? Yep. So act you like just, you've been there. You just, yeah, fake it till you make it type of thing. Yep. And that's how it is with everything I've, I've come to the conclusion. Like, of. act like you work there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I'm to the point now where I go down to the bottom, like the concessions, I buy some, buy some food or whatever, and I start handing it to ladies in the elevator so they don't ask questions later. You just, like, make yourself familiar with them, right? Give them a reason to remember you. And then when you just start shuffling people through the elevator, they don't yep, care. They don't care. They're not checking anything. You just act like you're supposed yeah. to be there. Well, we talked about this with Rich out in his podcast. It, it's, it's like sneaking into the movies 101. And we don't encourage people to sneak into the movies. But every once in a while, you know, you're in a situation in life where you got to make one ticket feed 10 people. You know, yeah. Jesus had to do it with the bread and the fish. Yeah. Sometimes we got to do it with the tickets. <laughs> and so, like, I, I don't fit in because I'm so small and stuff. And I, I probably haven't hit puberty yet, but... <laughs> I just, you just have to act like you're supposed to be there with those people. Like, don't let it get me down that yep. I look so different or act so different. Pretend like you you're just somebody gotta, else. Like, you're yeah, being just, a little hard on yourself, man. You're well, a handsome I mean, young man. Yeah, he's we're a just, handsome we're guy. We're just glad this podcast is just, you know, 
audio, not visual. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, thank you, Hans. I appreciate that. I knew that you probably could relate to that. Let's do. I'm going to call my wife. I'm going to um, turn you up when you get going. Don't say anything because I'm going to try to make her think that I'm just. I'll by try myself. not to say. Anything. Are you going speakerphone? After she starts talking, yeah. Okay. But I really want to have her explain what she goes through because I think. Did you guys know that a lot of moms and housewives listen to our podcast? No. Yeah. Like, it is tremendously huge in that in that uh, demographic, believe it or not. Like, young parents love this podcast because it's stuff that um, we're still trying to work on ourselves, and it's things that we can, bam, instantly start teaching our kids. I think that's why it's done so well. So, you guys, get ready for this. It's going to be amazing. We need to have him on here, by the way. I'm nervous. my wife gonna ghost me I know she's there cause she just texted me asking where you were at she's proving a point right now she's ghosting she me. has not made time for Dave this is not your time she the only reason she wouldn't be answering oh wait what time is it oh she's putting the kids to bed 7.50 we're gonna, we're gonna power through your this. call has been forwarded so if your wife ghosts you and you need to figure out how to be okay with that, that's what we're talking about we're tonight. We're talking about confidence. Um, yeah, so no, I do, I, I do want to share that with you guys, and she's probably going to freak out that I'm doing that. But before the podcast is over, I'm going to try to have her uh, explain because she is like just as, as normal as every other you know, young mom out there. But it was so cool when she told me that. like She just pretends like she's somebody else. And, and if that's what it takes for you to get through some of those social settings, do it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So I think, you know, I hit that at the top. I want to hit it again. It is okay to fake confidence. Do not be How ashamed of it. How do you get it. it if you don't fake it? I, that's true. I, I, I don't know, dude. I, I really don't I, think you could without I faking it. I never did. I faked it. I don't, I, anybody is more than welcome to stand up and tell me they didn't fake it and it just showed Let's up. Let's talk so about faking it, Is though. confidence really just pretending to be okay with it? Well, maybe okay. it is in the beginning. <laughs> Wait, yeah. but it's visualizing. If you visualize yourself interacting with the opposite sex if you're single and you're dating or whatever and and it's going well and you know you conduct yourself oh ash yes you there yeah hey real quick i'm making some notes for this next episode of my podcast mm-hmm. you said something the other night um what were you saying like when you're in like a social setting you just pretend like you're somebody else <laughs> when i get shy I pretend I'm not shy and I act like I'm not. So, I really am. Hold on, I'm trying to write this down, but like, so do you just pretend like you're like you're you're Ashley, but you're, you're not, not shy, liar. Ashley? You're recording your podcast right now. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. So you just pretend like you're like a not shy version of Ashley. Yes. And it, it works. Wor- it works it pretty like good. A charm. Really? Yeah. Like, because you obviously don't act shy around people, so inside you're feeling it, but you just on the outside you're just. Pretending to not be shy. Can I ask Ashley right. if uh, it's amazing? Who can do you I ask Ashley to be? who is she pretending yeah, to be who, when she's who around are you me? Pretending. I want to know. <laughs> are you making fun of me right now? No, we're just wondering if you're she anybody in particular. Yet. No, I'm just talk loud. not shy, Ashley. So you're just a different version of yourself that's not shy, but inside you're like dying inside. I, I'm not dying inside. But you're not necessarily super comfortable. Yes. Amazing. I love you, babe. Thank you for sharing that with the world. You're welcome. So glad. <laughs> love you. Bye. Isn't that amazing? Nobody taught her that. She taught that her like to herself. She just, she just. That was actually, guys. That was a real life phone call with my wife. Just so you know, we didn't make that up. And uh, she, she is. She's like 
when I see her interact with people on, for the first time, she does great. Like I love introducing my wife to, you know, uh, sponsors, partners, you know, corporate people because she carries herself really well. But knowing her, like I know her, I know that it's like, that's a fight for her. And that's something that we all do, that we all go through. So guys, if you're listening to this and like this is resonating with you, which per- pretty sure probably does with a lot of people, it's okay. Like it is perfectly okay if on the inside you don't really feel or believe that you are, you know, what you want to be, if that makes sense. But the best way to combat that is to just be that way anyways. If you don't believe that you're big and strong and athletic looking when you walk into a party, just believe just, it. Just believe it. Even start though it's not physically it. true, start believing it. And your brain and your body, this is what happened to me. I was out of shape, dude, when we first met. I was not in good shape. I wasn't like deathly ill or anything, but I was probably You not, looked deathly I, ill. I was like 112, 80 pounds. And for me on my frame, that's like string bean. That guy, that's like the lanky and weird and like hunched over. And I just, it didn't look good. So you helped instill in me. Yeah, there's a picture of us. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll share that. You Ooh, know what, a picture of, of Marcus and in I. In perspective, I was a lot bigger than you and stronger. And now and better you're a lot looking. bigger. Well, dude, I remember one of, the, one of the days we were working out. I think I've told you the story recently. Um, you mentioned to me that one of your buddies at the gym pulled you aside and was like, dude, Dave's curling quarter plates now. And I don't know if you made that up. You probably no. Did. They accused us of juicing. Yeah, somebody was. So you told some. You told me a story of somebody saying like he's curling a quarter plate on each side, which was what like fifty pounds, what ninety five pounds maybe with the bar. Yes. no, not forty five. What's yeah. the curl bar? I mean, 25, 25, 45. No, you had on. It was the big bar. It was quarters, maybe. Yeah, it was quarters. So it was ninety five. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't even realize it. But once you said that to me, dude, I felt like the strongest man alive. So. What that means is you're not always going to have somebody that's there like pumping you up. You don't always have a hype man, but what you always have is the ability to be a hype man. Think about that for a second. I was going to say that, you know, since this podcast has been going down, I've got a bunch of, uh, you know, messages on Instagram and stuff of people just saying very nice things. And I always write back, I'm like, you know, sometimes it's nice to hear that you're doing something right. Right. And so I have been trying to take that and throw it other people's way and saying, man, I bet you this is going to make their day if they hear they're doing something right. You know what I mean? That goes a lot back to the conversation we had with Cole last week, which is he was talking about how to interact and engage and negotiate with people. Those W questions, Um, you know, what, what, where, where, why. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't ask the yes or no questions. Ask the, how was your weekend? What did you do? Where did you go? Why did you like Who it? Who were you with? What did you feel? Rather than did you have a good weekend? Like That doesn't work. Because yeah. that just elicits a, yeah, I did, thanks. Instead, if you say, how was your weekend? Well, it was, think about that. It's instant. And that, it not only builds the confidence of the person that you're talking to, but it improves and sharpens your own social skills. So I know a lot of you listeners, you weren't born with just, you know, super sharp social skills. Neither was I. Neither was I probably have to get. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us we were. were. We were. Kenny, Kenny might have been born at like a real estate convention doing deals. <laughs> I mean, so not, I have a question because I don't know how much you want to cover this in your in this pertaining to confidence, but I honestly think, especially listening to you, this talk is called to, a podcast episode. I whatever it is, you were looking whatever. For. Uh, this telegram I, of sorts. I, this uh, does this go out on like the it goes on the outer web? So is this on the, on the www? Yeah. Yep, that's no, but um, I, listening to you talk with uh, Ash. I think if if you want to be successful in any relationship, not just a marriage, but any relationship, a friendship uh, with your children, if that relationship is based out of your confidence and their confidence, and obviously, like you said, 
you being the hype man towards them, yeah. I think you will have a very, very successful relationship, no matter what, no matter who, you know, who, who it's with. You're going to have a if, fulfilling life. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. You, you see your friends, and you don't, you don't need to name the names, but you see your friends who have the wives or the spouses, man or woman, that's in a relationship that the other one is not very confident. Yeah. And the, the cancer that that is to their relationship. And then you look at it in a friendship. And I know, especially you and I, like we have friends that we grew up with that look at us now without confidence, and it's cancerous. It's well, not a good relationship. No. no. And what did I tell you? I think we've been through our ups and downs in our friendship, just like any friendship has. But I think I finally pulled you aside one, at one point and was just like, bro, whatever you do, don't ever talk shit on me and I won't talk shit on you. Remember when we kind of like made Absolutely. that agreement? Yeah. Oh, we've had this. Yeah. And, and you oh, dude, I learned this from you. Like, I think that was like step one to being friends with Kenny. You handed me a pamphlet that was like, Hey, here's my rules. It Abide was part by of them or get the, the real estate I, pamphlet. No, I, I mean, <laughs> this is the truest thing. We meet people all day, every day. The last thing you need is someone who's not going to support you or be there for you. Yeah. Right. And, and at this point in our lives, it was like, dude, we can be friends and we can be, you know, buddies or whatever. But if we're going to be real friends, we don't drag each other down. We don't put each other down. And so, you know, ultimately, your your true friends should be people who lift you up. It's okay to and, have those talks with people too. And I honestly think those true those friends were hard that you have good relationships with, are, they got to be confident. Yep. Like there's so many times that even, you know, Dave invites me to do something. Even just, just recently, we went to Monster Jam. He sent me a text like, hey, man, thanks for coming. I was like, bro, I will always support you. He like, did the same thing for me. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't want to come out to the podcast, but I'm here because I support you. I am confident in my own self, and I'm confident in his abilities and everything in our relationship. There's confidence in it. There's not a place that it's driven of, oh, man, I wish this or I wish this that is then later turned into cancer and destroys the relationship. Well, you sent me a text a while back that was like, bro, I finally just I finally just trust your crazy ass actions. Like I'm confident. I think you said this in a text. You're like, at first I didn't know what you were doing and I was scared to death, but now I just trust that you're going to make like, and this is uh, pertaining to our our relationship with discovery channel and our talent agreements. And dude, I'm a, I drive a hard bargain. Like I do. I, 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 I do not settle for what I don't want. And so when it comes time to negotiate those contracts, I get in there and I freaking like, I go to war. And I think for the longest time you were like, don't do that. Like, yeah. dude, just oh, for sure. don't, don't ruffle any feathers. Let's just get our checks and do our things. And I'm like, no, it could be better. And I'm not going to put up with bullshit half ass and I'm not comfortable with that. So I remember the day that you were finally confident in letting me negotiate on your behalf and how much better off are we? Oh, dude, it was it was a, it was huge. And the thing was, is I it wasn't confidence in myself. It was confidence in you, and then letting you know in our relationship that I had confidence in you. Right. And and you're right, dude. It it gets got ten times better. We don't always agree on everything. We no, don't. You never will. No. But the confidence in our relationship. I don't will, think it's right that you killed that guy. But yeah, but neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. You helped him get rid of the body. <laughs> but the reality you supported is, is that, him, dude. That's so funny. We have texts back and forth all the time. That's like. He'll, he'll text me every time. Hey, bro, what are you doing right now? And I already know we're yeah. gonna have to bury a body. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll write back. Where I'll, I'll, I'll eat. I will eat the I'll body, eat the skull. I'll eat his head or something. I mean, and that's the kind of friend you want. You want the guys that are like. I, I know every single one of you at this table would be there at the drop of a hat, except for hands, because he'd probably bill me for it. But I know he'd be there too. Like after he, <laughs> after he, after he put the invoice together. No, I mean every single one of you guys would be there, and that's the people you want to surround yourself. But you're not gonna be able to get those people in your life until you're able to take confidence and put it in there. Absolutely. I'm confident that every single one of you has my best interest in mind 
And the day that I like instilled that in you guys, our friendships got better. Absolutely. And so if you have those relationships in your life, whether it be with your wife, your kids, your friends, your boss, coworkers, whatever, put confidence in them that they really are looking out for you. But you have to back that up with letting them know what you want. And like I said, it's hard to have those hard talks like, hey, I want to be your friend, but don't talk shit on me. And if I find that you're talking shit on me behind my back, I'm then we're going to have a problem. Face. I'm going to eat your head. But I mean, dude, how how great was that when we were able to have that talk? It's oh, an awkward, dude, it's, weird it's, thing to have. But dude, afterwards, like, oh, this is easy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you, know, you know, the thing is, you even talk about like like the, the relationships with your children. Like yesterday, I went to parent-teacher conference with my daughter. Yep. And of course, the teacher's like, oh, she's the best. She's the greatest. You know, she does all these things. And my daughter keeps looking at me to see what my reaction uh. is. And as we're walking out, I'm holding her hand. And she looks at me and she's like, see, Dad, I, I look at how good I am. And I'm like, well, yeah. And she, she was kind of like, well, why aren't you surprised? Yeah. And I'm like, Taya. I am confident that you will be the best at whatever you do. Yep. And I'm not kidding you. I watched her entire, her whole, everything change. She was like, like, not only she, she felt like, confident, she felt trust. Well, and she felt like, holy cow, my dad literally thinks I can do whatever I need to do. And, and you're he-man and, to her. Yeah, and I instilled into her that I am so confident that, listen, when you do something great, I'm not going to be blown away because I already know you're great. And I already know that my confidence in you is real, yep. you know, and that relationship, even, even just from yesterday, it's so much better. Yep. And, and that's why that's, I, you know, like I said, I don't know how much you wanted to touch on it, but I well, think this, this could be the single most important topic absolutely. that we ever talk about. Because the other thing too, is if you want to create a good relationship with anyone, your boss, your children, your ex, spouse, you, whoever, if you instill in them confidence from yourself and then confidence in them, even if it's even false confidence, you right. know, cause sometimes I'll look at people and be like, oh man, I really don't think they're going to be able to do this. But then I go, <laughs> Hey man, I know you can you got do this. this. Yeah. It's going to be a better relationship and you'll be more successful. So, think about those boundaries though. Like, you have to set those boundaries, healthy ones, right? Like, so, like, Dave and I had had those conversations uh, in terms of, like, look, I'm going to treat you this way because this is the healthy way. And in return, I expect you to do that. If you're not going to, then we can't be friends. Well, it's funny. I actually ended up meeting my wife on a New Year's party. Remember this? Yep. Because I was already at a family event and I was just going to stay there. I was dating around. Things were fine. I didn't need to go to any parties, whatever. <laughs> and uh, Dave's like, no, you're coming with. Um, and, you know, and if we hadn't had a healthy enough, you know, relationship, I would have just blown it off, whatever. He comes, picks me up. Uh, I think it was a family member's house. We go down to this party. I end up meeting my wife of all things. So, you know, when you're able to have those healthy boundaries, you're able to, uh, say those hard truths and that takes confidence, but like stand your ground and say like, wait, hold on. I want to be your friend, but you can't do that. That, you know, that's not fair. That's not cool. Uh, or whatever it is, you guys have those healthy rules that can actually nurture and nourish a healthy relationship in whatever it is. Like you said, your kids, uh, you want to stroke your kid. You want to, after, after that, you know, you want to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. All these great things, but it was smart what you did you let her know that like, I already knew you were great. Yeah, I already yeah. knew you did awesome. Cause she was just looking at me like, Oh, he's going to be so surprised that I'm the best student for reading and writing. And I'm like, yeah, you're the best. Yeah, I, 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 I that. believe that. Yeah. You know, Marcus, how has, uh, this topic affected your daughter, London? Yeah. Did you see my story I on did, Instagram? Yeah. 
It's awesome. So my do- oldest daughter, London, is kind of an analytical like type thinker, and she overthinks pretty much everything. And uh, she races dirt bikes. She's on a Husqvarna 65, and that's a tough sport. I mean, when you're talking, you're riding after like these big guys on 450s and they have, you know, two and a half foot ruts that you got to make turns through oh, yeah. navigating that stuff. I mean, it's, it's pretty big. How old is she? Nine? She is 10. 10. She just turned 10. So the problem that we were having with her is not, you know, that she was crashing or having these things, but when she did her attitude, she would cry yeah. and then she'd come back and she would ask me these questions like, dad, but what if I can't jump this? And she had this just like total mental attitude, like, you know, what if, and I can't do this. And she would get upset and negativity. So we got back to racing, uh, this last weekend. And the week before we started, I started putting in her, I'm like, London, I don't care what you do at the race, but you're going to be positive. I said, if you crash, I want to see you smiling when you get up and you just keep going. And I said, uh, I don't want to hear what if I can't do this? I want you to think I can do it, you know? And I, and I told her that every day leading up to the race and then like driving to the race, I told her another 10 times like London today is a positive day. Don't think what if this happens? Think I can do it. Think I am fast. I made her come up with her own list of affirmations and she said it back to herself. Like I am fast. I can jump. I can turn in the ruts and all this stuff. Can you imagine if our parents would have done this when we were nine or 10? I I think they did in a lot of ways. We were, we were raised by great parents and families, but I don't think this mentality, uh, I don't think it was really okay to talk about this no. stuff back then. Like it just, it was almost like just go and do and just, whatever yeah, you do, it, it you out. get. My, you know? my dad's was more of an expectation of being great. Right. There wasn't like, like you're saying an affirmation and you know, a way to get there. It was always like, no, no, no. As my son, you do 110% in anything you do, period, end of story. That was the end of it. Yeah. So the idea was there, but getting there, there was no steps, right? Like you're like, I, Dad, how do I even give 110%? I don't even right. know what that means, you know? But in reality, he wanted the same thing that I want for my kids. Yep. But now we're at a place where we can actually dissect it and say, hey, confidence, you know, affirmations, getting in and actually giving them a solution to get to where we want them to be. She you know? com- she completely changed her mentality. Oh, yeah. And that race, I've never seen her ride faster, smoother, more consistent. Um, I'd never seen her be that fast. She was racing in the girls' class, which she took first in, but there was another boys' class racing in the same, like, moto. She beat every boy out there, too. And so it wasn't for me. That moment wasn't the moment where I was the most proud either. Uh, in one of her motos, it was just a qualifying moto. She ended up taking, like, second or third, but she went into a corner and she fell. And she got back up. And normally at that point, she would she would be crying hysterical. She would ride terrible. She came back out and gave me a high five and was just smiling ear to ear. And for me, that was most gratifying because it was such a pleasant, happy thing, which I think dirt bikes are supposed to be. But you forget like these, like my daughter put so much pressure on herself that just affirming those things to her and talking about positivity. And that was going to be my checklist item today was start to take all of the things that we're talking about and sharing them with your kids yeah, because they're not too young. You know what I mean? I seen, it was for me, I, I could have, it sounds stupid, but I could have cried that day. Yeah. Be- no, that doesn't sound stupid. I was, I was ask so happy and proud of my daughter. Think, I can't think of a time that I get more emotional than I watch. And you know, it, mine the other day was ice skating with my daughters that we were ice skating and she was like, I don't, can't do it. Yada, yada, yada. And we were there for two hours. I'm like, we're not leaving until, you feel confident in this. And she kept falling and falling. And of course, I'm there picking her up, picking her up, picking her up. Yep. And finally, I'm like, 
all right, I, 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 let's go, you know. And then she's like, let, give, me, give me a minute. And she takes off. She falls, eats it. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And she gets right back up and looks at me. I got this. Dude, I was, I was almost a wreck in yeah. front of a ton of people. This yeah. big guy crying because his daughter fell and she got back up. And the reality of it was I watched my daughter in just a little bit gain confidence that's going to change the rest of her life. So, yeah, dude, I, I get emotional like crazy, especially when it has to do with you know my kids. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a big part of it. And that's the beauty of what we've got going on, guys. We are able to like mold these little people and help them, uh, you know, learn these positive characteristics and skills that maybe we weren't taught. Um, I think a lot of the listeners, I know that a lot of people that are listening to this don't come from perfect families or don't come from perfect homes. Maybe you didn't have a mom. Maybe you didn't have a dad. Maybe you didn't have parents at all. Um, and when you're when you're growing up, sometimes your parents are your confidence. Like your confidence is just an extension of theirs. And if you didn't have that, then you've got some work to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is perfectly okay to be starting back at square one, trying to build self-esteem and confidence. And I don't care if you're two years old, 30 years old, 90 years old, it does not matter. Because if you just start doing these simple things, all of a sudden, you're going to be telling yourself a wonderful lie that you're going to start believing and it's perfectly okay. It's not a lie. That's a joke, but you guys get it. Like you're going to, you're going to have to convince yourself first. And then as soon as you're convinced, dude, the whole world's going to follow suit like quicker than you know what's happening. So we're going to wrap up. Uh, this has been awesome. I love this topic. Uh, Keaton, thank it's you for coming. One. Like, yeah. Uh, I didn't, uh, I specifically didn't tell Keaton what we'd be discussing tonight because I didn't want him to like overthink it. And I think you can see like, you get really like real answers and like raw information rather than something that somebody tried to like, you know, polish and prepare. So that's what we try to give the people, these listeners, like we give the people what they want and, uh, it's, it's oh, real whoa. raw info. <laughs> um, so, uh, recapping the, um, checklist real quick. And unless you guys want to add anything, I'm going to wrap it with that stuff. So think about that. Um, I do have one item that I want to add that's completely unrelated. It's more of like the random grab bag checklist items of just stuff, something that I enjoy that I want to share with everybody. Throw it in the bag. I'll throw it in the bag. So uh, number one, when you get in a social setting, whether it be a restaurant, classroom, work, whatever it is, start saying hello to people. Greet people. Start with either a high five, a handshake, a hello. If you're out of the club, clink bottles with somebody. Just do that immediately, like as soon as you enter. Number two is always assume attraction, meaning always assume that everybody in the room likes you. They think you're attractive. Whether it's a, the opposite sex, just know that, that that babe thinks you're super attractive and handsome. Or if it's somebody you want to do business with, just, just think, assume that they want to be closer to you on some level, whether it be business, personal, or whatever. Assume that immediately. Number three, anytime, anywhere, when you're introducing yourself or getting to know somebody or walking into a social setting, stand tall and smile. Like Kenny was saying, uh, read the book of how to make people like you in 90 seconds or less. That book will change your life. It changed my life. Absolutely. I've listened to it. I don't know how many times, probably uh, once every year. Yeah. I mean, you should repeat it. Um, number four is approach immediately. Meaning if you're in a situation where you get a chance to uh, make a first impression or say hello or slap that high five, do it immediately. Don't overthink it. Don't give yourself time because unfortunately, if you wait too long, then it becomes awkward. It's like, dude, you've been here for five minutes. Why are you giving me a high five now? Like, that's weird. <laughs> it, it can happen. It, get, it becomes like you just, that's why there's a reason why you should act immediately. Um, number five is ignore your insecurities. If you got things you don't like about yourself, that's fine. Keep that shit to yourself. If it's something that you lock it deep if, down, if you wear an eye patch, call out your eye patch and, and, and let everybody know that you're okay with it. Like, 
just it's either i guess you could use the term ignore or embrace but we all have them so just like don't try to pretend like you don't everybody around you does it's just normal that's life um so that's the five things that you can start doing literally the second you put this podcast down and start practicing Try it. Try it in the mirror. I've done it in the mirror. I'm guilty. I, that's, there's I nothing walked, wrong. I walked Absolutely. in on you doing it the other day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've a- gone to meetings and I'm like talking myself into it. Yeah. We're in the bathroom right beforehand and I'm like, I got this. Be this your own be greatest great. hype man. And then <laughs> obviously we all have skills to hype other people up. Use those skills to build other people up. Tell people they're you know smart, they're handsome, they're attractive, they're cool, they're fun, they're friendly. Like The more you tell people that, the more they're going to believe it and the more confidence is going to be built, especially with your own kids. I've actually uh, thinking on this list, I'm going to tell my daughter, Charlie, a couple of these things. The, the biggest one is, is saying hello to people and greeting them. And I'm going to tell her that I'm, I'll buy her a toy every time she does it. And maybe that's the wrong motivation, but it's going to teach her that that's a good thing and she's going to see good feedback. So I'm going to start doing that. And then um, the final item, which is total, we call this the grab bag. Uh, you can apply this or not, but something that I really enjoy, and this is totally unrelated to confidence, is a band that uh, over the weekend, uh, Keaton and I were down in Texas, and somehow, some way, we wind up on the same wavelengths that are so bizarre sometimes, and we don't even know, we don't <laughs> even don't know, know that it's it happening. Hans is shaking his head, but uh, Hans was so pissed we, at us. We ended up on this Irish music kick. Yes. That, like every single song, we, dude, we probably listened to this, this song called The Rattlin' Bog. No joke, 150 times over the weekend. And, and we will it's listen. Eight, it's eight minutes long. We will listen to it another 150. <laughs> it's, so uh, the, what I want to tell you is um, go to Spotify or wherever. And guys, remember, this is not a paid plug. This is just something that I enjoy. Find a band called The High Kings. It's an Irish band. Um, these guys are freaking kick-ass. You will love it. They, they have like songs that will make you laugh. They have songs that will make you cry. They have songs that will make you feel good. They'll make you feel like they just, they invoke so much emotion because they're able to harmonize. It's, it's awesome. I love it. So get into Celtic music. Give it a shot. You may hate it, and that's fine, but as long as you gave it a shot and you can tell me exactly why you didn't like it, then I'll, I'll buy your story. But give it a shot because it's, it's good stuff. So yeah. anything else, guys? I started doing positive affirmations with my kids um, right before they fall asleep, and that's something I've really enjoyed with them. Huge. Do I it. have them repeat what I say to them, and I don't know if it matters more that I'm saying it as their father. I don't know if it matters more that they're saying it and repeating it, but um, it's been pretty cool. Actually. Just remember, as a parent, you have the ability to like mold the future with your oh, yeah. own little kids right at home, and, and, and not only do you have the ability, but you also have the responsibility. Like. God didn't give us these kids just so that we'd like let them do whatever the hell they want. Like there's, we're supposed to teach them and train them and guide them along the way. So they become better people than we are. And so that's our responsibility and our task and sometimes our burden and we got to do it and do it well. So guys, thank you for listening. Um, God, I love this topic and we'll probably hit it again another time, but uh, we're going to work on publishing the checklists so that uh, that's been one request we get from a lot of people is, Hey, where can I find, you know, last week's checklist? Cause th- they're really simple. It's usually three or four or five bullet points. So we're working on that. Um, but if you could, if you enjoyed this, if you take anything away from it, what I would like to ask you to do is, is go to, uh, I know a lot of you listen to this on iTunes. Some of you have Android and don't listen to it on iTunes, but go to whatever platform uh, iTunes is the easiest. That's the one I know subscribe, and then leave us a rating and a review. Tell us exactly really how this is affecting your life. Don't give me some, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to just give me some generic review because any review is appreciated, but I would love to hear how it really is applying to your life. I've heard people say that they're overcoming depression. They're like breaking out of the box, doing things they've never done before because of the inspiration they've heard here. And it's not because of us. It's because all of us together as a community are finding ways to help each other. So uh, if you could do me that solid, I would really appreciate it. 
And one final thing before you leave us, I wanted to remind you of something that I discussed at the top of the podcast, which is the Heavy Academy in Las Vegas on February 15th and 16th. It's an event where I'm going to sit down with a hundred of you and literally crack the code of the struggles that you're going through and dissect your businesses and figure out ways that we can make you more money immediately to build and grow your business. And it's going to be an amazing event and worth every single penny that you spend. Now, the ticket price is $6,000 for a business to register, but I want to see how many of our podcast listeners will actually attend this event. So I'm going to give out a promo code. And the first five people that use this are going to get 50% off registration. That means your your ticket price is going to go down from 6,000 to only 3,000. It's the biggest discount that we've offered. And it's the only big discount that we're going to offer because the event's already selling out at full price. So if you listen and you want a damn good deal, go to heavydsparks.com, find the Heavy Academy link, add that ticket to the cart, type in that promo code CONFIDENCE, Again, the promo code is CONFIDENCE, all one word, and bam, you got yourself a 50% discount. Thank you for the support, and we'll see you in Las Vegas.